9 o'clock on a Saturday. Mike Murphy, uh-huh. Fred Huber, Murph and Fred, back together again on ESPN 1000. Oh, what a day to be talking sports in Chicago. Me and Mike Murphy. There's Fred Hubner. Fred, how you doing? Even a better day to be indoors. <laughs> a cloudburst yep. just Mil- appeared downtown, yep. and it's raining like mad. You want to see baseball? Miller Park, not far away. You can go see Manny Machado <laughs> and the uh, Dodgers play the Brewers after Manny had two hits and two walks last night in a uh-huh. 6-4 win. Yes, he did. Yep. So, oh, and by the way, right. I don't mean to give everybody bad news this early in the morning. Is this up your can? No. Okay. Me and Murph and everybody else I know, yeah. we have to go to work because none of us won Mega Millions. There was no winner. Did you uh, You have to play to win? Oh, you yeah, know? I played. Right. Yeah, I played all right. Of course, you also have to play to lose, I guess. Yeah, that's right. You don't <laughs> win or lose if you don't play, but uh, nobody won, so... I think it's up to four hundred ninety-three million. Oh, I hope it's not raining in uh, Burbonus. I'll just take the four ninety, and I'll split the three amongst um, well yeah. people I know. Used to have a relative down near Burbonus in the old days, and uh-huh. one day I said, "There, how's Burbonus?" Because we changed it to Bourbonnet. I'm about ten years old. I go, "What? How can you change the name of the city?" He goes, "No, we just changed the pronunciation." But speaking of <laughs> uh, Bourbonnet, yeah. uh, Kyle Long not practicing today. That's never a good thing. But the way it's raining right now, Wait a minute. probably nobody will be practicing in moments because the, this is the first open practice of the public. Uh, maybe somebody that's running for shelter, they can call us and let us know oh. if, in fact, they've uh, stopped practice I, because uh, it's raining like crazy. And I can't believe the Bears would have all of the fans sitting there uh, watching as uh, they decided to call off practice. I There's no you, place for everybody to go. I thought you were going to say if someone's running for uh, for mayor, no. meaning Larry Mayor, our, our guest uh, with the Bears, uh-huh. nope, last week. Mm-mm. All right, we've delayed it long enough. Okay, Cubs are in trouble. They're officially in trouble. Uh, they have no starting pitching. Right, here, here's a question I guess you would pose. Can uh, hitting uh, the bullpen and, uh, uh, you know, perennial pretty good defense... Can that offset five starting pitchers who are right now, I guess you could uh, say, are in the tank? Yeah, they're not good right now. Uh huh. Uh-uh. <laughs> well, I think they're in trouble, yeah. <laughs> really, a, a lot of. Oh, yes, we got trouble, trouble, trouble. Oh, yeah. trouble. You'll have to do a stage play production. They're in lots of trouble. Oh, well, the thing is, you you know, it is you know, they've been able to win a lot of games this year because of their offense. They're mm-hmm. one of the top offenses in Major League Baseball. Yeah. They average two sixty six, I think, before yesterday. Yeah, okay. And, yeah, on base is the number they one in hit, baseball and score. that stuff. You know, it's uh bullpen's but, been excellent. But when you get to the postseason you can't outscore the opposition. That's you what gotta they be say. able to pitch. You gotta be able to outpitch them once That's in a while. That's what they say. You mm-hmm. can't outscore the app well, you know, the Astros can, but they have pitching also. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. The Cubs have no pitching right now, and the Astros no. have five. Yeah. The Astros could probably stockpiling that pitching outscore teams. Yeah, I don't think there's much doubt there. Dodgers They're doing now, it without Correa. Dodgers now could do it. Yep, probably. The Cubs, I don't Have know if they could outscore it. other teams. But they couldn't outscore uh, Matt Carpenter yesterday. No. So John Lester, Hendricks, Quintana. Chatwood, 
Who the hell did I forget? You Darvish. <laughs> oh, it's Mon- easy to forget him. Mon- I did see him sitting between Hendricks and uh, Quintana the other day. Montgomery. Yeah. All of them right now, not what you would say at the peak of their uh, uh, pitching season. No. No, they're not. I don't know if you saw. I, I know you're a big fan of uh, some statistical numbers and things like that. Mm. The uh, Fangraphs. Oh, yeah, I like those guys. Fangraphs did a whole thing the other day about the Cubs and their pitching staff. Lunch angle. My angle is I think I want to get a pizza at lunch. That's my lunch angle. Yeah, yeah. No. Oh, lunch. Lunch yeah, yeah, angle. Yeah, not lunch angle. But the uh, they did a whole feature on the Chicago Cubs. Oh. And if you look at it, the Cubs mm-hmm. are about to have their worst rotation in their history. Oh, I did hear that. Their history. Well, I heard first since 1972 when they computed back to... Well, yeah. But whatever. That's, you know, nobody else, nobody out there remembers. Only you and me remember mm-hmm. 69, mm-hmm. 1969. That was nobody a good else, rotation. Yeah, nobody else remembers that. But I'll tell you something. Now, here. Here's what... Oh, by the way. Uh, Murph and Fred, Nindel Noon... Jesse Rogers, he'll join us. He's scheduled for 11. Uh, he's scheduled for EO 11. EO 11. <laughs> Eric Ostrowski. Jesse at 11. Yeah, I know he's usually at 10, but the doubleheader <laughs> scheduled to start at noon. So things were changed with the uh, manager uh, meeting the uh, media and all that. So uh, Jesse at 11. Uh, Going to have a, a quick bear report from Aaron Lemming over there at Bear Report. That'll be somewhere around 10 o'clock. But we'll be baseball heavy naturally all day today. Uh, Oh, one thing, Fred, before we get farther into the Cubs rotation, uh, I have a a, a trade proposal. Okay. I have finally, I'm a broken man. I've finally been broken. Do we have the numbers last night for James Shields of the White Sox? Late game out in Seattle. Uh, Okay, I got him too, but go ahead. Seven, Seven plus innings, seven hits, two runs, one earned. Uh, one walk, five strikeouts. 103 pitches. Yeah, pitch. James Shields. He's pitching really well. Seven innings. When's the last time a Cubs starting pitcher went? Did he go into the eighth inning? Yes, and he did. He didn't get anyone out. Yeah, so it's seven in. in the box. But the seven plus, they call it, yeah, right? It, it, was, it would be nice if the box score yeah. wrote that down. It used to always nah. say that uh, Shields but, faced so many men yeah. in the next inning. They don't do it anymore. Faced two batters in the eighth. Silly. Well, it is. Yeah. Because they, if you're some, not going to do it, just put a plus in the next to well, that's uh, like I do. 7.0. It takes up no yeah. more space than 7.1 or 7. Yeah. used to be 7 and a third, 7 and two thirds. Then they go, well, let's just go 7.1, 7.2, which is yeah. not really true. Well, that's okay. No, it's not. But go, because that's it's okay. not 7.20, like 20%. Go 7.0 it's plus. 66.6%. But anyway. Just stick a plus sign in there. It's real ah, simple. What do we know? So James Shields, seven innings pitch, seven hits. One walk. That means his whip would be somewhere around uh, 1.1. Excellent. Yesterday. Excellent. He's given up one hit per inning, one walk over seven. And here's what I like. Five strikeouts, 103 uh, uh, pitches. Fred, this guy right now is better than any starting pitcher the Cubs have. His whip for the the year is 1.26. All right. A thumbnail, because Whip's sort of new. Whip is simply on-base percentage reversed for the pitcher. Walks and hits is what on-base is for the hitter, right? Yep. He walks and he gets hits. Same for the pitcher. They just reversed it. So the Whip, a great Whip, is 1.0. If you're 1.0, you're Hall of Fame. 
for your career. If you're 1.5, it's one and a half walks and hits per inning, bitch. You're a triple A. You're a bust out. You're not a major leaguer. 1.25 is right in the middle. So James Shields, give me that again there, please. 1.26. For, for the year. Uh-huh. That's that's right in the middle of all starting pitchers. Yep. The Cubs need him. All right, so here, Fred. What do you want? Sox fan Fred. Cub fan Murph. What do you want for James Shields? Now, he has one year left, I believe. Maybe EO11. If you could double-check contract for uh, James Shields, I believe. There's one more year on it, or is he walking? This is it. And 50% of his salary is being paid by the Padres. That was a shrewd move there, if nothing else, when the Sox acquired him. I know that there were downsides to that trade, big time, right? Wasn't that uh, Fernando Tatis? uh, Junior, who's out for the year with an injury. And But the Sox only picked him. Point is, the Cubs, (laughs) am I saying this? Cubs need James Shields. He gives you innings. He gave you seven yeah. innings and one Ernie. Right. Yep. Three three two three seven seven six. Murph and Fred. Let's take a look at our Twitter poll for this half hour. Oh, Bears running back Jordan Howard. Bears having their first open to the public at eight fifteen yeah. this morning. Yeah. Thank you very much, Bears. You, you open the open practice and it pours. You don't know. The sun could be shining in Bourbonus. You have sun no idea. Rarely shines in Bourbonus. <laughs> That's why they all go over to Brickstone and have a craft beer. Marty wants to talk about the Cubs. Okay, here's our Twitter poll question. Vote right now at ESPN 1000. Bears running back Jordan Howard. You remember him? Big guy. Used to put his head down and run forward. You can't do that anymore? What's it? You can't put your head down and run? I don't understand the rules. I'm going to wait till the game start and wait to see what flags are uh, thrown. How can a running back not run with his head down into the line? He's going to get killed. Well, Eric Dickerson did it. True. He was pretty good. Yeah, name five more. Yeah. No, no, you're right. No. No, I know. Bears running back Jordan Howard, A, B, C, or D, A. He's a key part of the 2018 offense. Okay. Oh yeah, sure he is. He's he's our lead, he's our load back. They still use that word. That some phrase? do, right? I do. Am I the only one when you said some? Uh huh. <laughs> You're trying to make me not look so. Uh, no, there's a few that do. Oh, dad, so, dad, dad used to say load back. So few people talk about running backs. Period. So it's a passing man's game. Were you listening to the radio station, or you were on all week? Yeah. Every day. You were on uh, three air shifts a day for five days. You were on 15 shows this week, you host. I've been on every day this week. <laughs> I get the day off tomorrow. Were you on? Even, or... e- e- me and the Lord. We both rest on Sunday. Someone played uh, classic rock, like bumper, in or out. Or was that I think it was Chet. Came up under rotation. I think it was Chet. No, Someone Friday. called it uh, dad's dad music. No, it, it was black arguing with Cap and Zetterman. What yeah. was the phrase, though? It was that. It was dad rock, is what he said. Yeah, they should realize it, it's right. the only rock. All right. Eric? 20 years right. from now. There you... is no my rock. There is no rock and roll anymore. Yeah. So, yeah, 20, years, 20 years from now, you let me know how many Pearl Jams are getting right. played. Let me ask you guys this. Pearl Jam song. Eric, you ever hear of a FM uh, radio station in the uh, area here, WLTL? No. The Light? No. <laughs> Lions Township LaGrange. It's my high school station. WLTL, uh, 180 watts, wattage in the cottage, and it kicks out about a four-mile radius around LaGrange, Western Springs, LaGrange Park, out that way. It's run by the students. I was there. 
First time I was on the radio back at the good old WLTLFM. 88.1. I don't think we're... Uh, I guess you shouldn't be giving a competitor's uh, frequency. There's no competing. It's a little high school station. Mm-hmm. So I've, anytime I'm around the old stomping grounds I, uh, in the car driving, do I turn on 88.1? Guess what I'm, uh, guess what I'm listening to yesterday mm-hmm. around uh, noon out in uh, LaGrange on uh, a high school station, Freebird. There you go. Now, wouldn't that be dad music? Would that qualify as dad music? Isn't that classic rock, Freebird? That'd be Southern Dad Rock. <laughs> yeah. Vote now. Eric didn't uh, comment. Wouldn't that be would be Dad yeah, music? Yeah, I mean, that, if that's if we're putting like the Rolling Stones and Led Zeppelin, then yeah, that okay. would be in the Dad. So rock. what was Freebird around like seventy five? Yeah. All right. Whatever. Yep. All right. High school kids playing it. I need it. Jordan Howard, A, B, C, D, A, key part of the uh, 2018 offense. B, make or break year for Jordan Howard. C, bad hands will hinder the new offensive scheme. Or D, a surprise camp cut. All right, vote right now. Jordan Howard, big part of the offense, make or break year. Bad hands will hinder the offensive uh, new scheme. D, a surprise camp cut. Let's go to the phones. I offering uh, Fred the chance to send James Shields, big game James, over to the uh, Cubs. Fred's going to tell me in a moment what he would want in return. Let's go to first to uh, Marty. He's in Gurney. Now he's on radio in Chicago, maybe. You okay there, Marty? Hey, guys. How you doing? Good morning. Roll What's up? up? Roll up their window. You in the car? Where are you? Uh, I am in the How's that? Better? Right. Is the rain not coming in? It's pouring down here. Go ahead, Marty. I hear you. Yeah, yeah. Hey, guys, I just want to say, uh, you know, I'm probably beating a dead horse. Uh, and I'll preface this by saying I, I would not have anticipated uh, the U Darvish uh, situation being nearly as bad as it is. But, uh, boy, what a what a mistake. And that, that uh, you know, in effect, choosing him over paying a little bit more to bring Arietta back. Uh, it's just it's not aging well. It's getting worse by the worse well, by the week. Marty, let the record show just so uh, maybe, you know, who follows the Phillies. But Arietta uh, has had a, a terrible uh, uh, June, had an June and July, it, yeah. and uh, he yeah. got his ears pinned back again. So you were doing well until you went to part B. But wouldn't you rather have a guy like Arietta at least out there pitching than a guy like you, Darvish, who's not? All right. All right. That's fine. I, I, I think I the intangibles that Arietta brings, even if Darvish, you know, was pitching decent, uh, you know, the intangibles, the clubhouse, Dynamic. Uh, I just think it was a huge mistake. Well, here's the thing: when you run, hey, good call. Thanks, Marty. Appreciate. You know, Fred, when you when you run your whole organization based on statistics, you're going to be at risk. You have to have a fifty fifty mix of numbers. I'm talking about Theo and the signing of Darvish. You have to have a fifty fifty mix of numbers, right, and Boots on the ground, scouts, Intel. Not the not the computer chip company, Intel. Intelligence. Uh-huh. You gotta have knowledge of the guy you're bringing in, along with the stats. Let's do this. I'm I'm glad we had that call, Marty. We have, I have a couple sound bites here, and these are from a guy who, if you don't listen to Dan Plezak, uh, you're making a mistake, right? 
Dan Plezak was on twice. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. He was on. I have two cuts. Dan Plezak was on a week ago, all right? And the questions to Dan Plezak were just what all Cub fans are asking mm-hmm. and what Marty just brought up right here. So uh, this was uh, a week ago, and uh, <clears throat> we're asking right here, Dan Plezak, uh, let's see, he's going to ask oh, Tom Waddle and Sylvie. First is Sylvie, and he's going to ask Jed uh, Hoyer. Let me get, okay, here we go. Does he have faith? Dan Plezak, do you have faith in you, Darvish? How confident are you that you, Darvish, can make a difference for the Cubs in August, September, and October? Not very. If you want the honest answer, and listen, I, I know that Theo and Jed and the Cub Nation, that's not what they want to hear. But I, I, saw, I what I've seen, I've seen with my eyes. Sylvie, what, what worried me about this Darvish thing was, I get it, the tipping the pitches. I'll give them a pass one game of the World Series, but you get to game seven. And, and I just didn't like what I saw. And I didn't like what I saw right before the trade deadline last year when there were a lot of speculation when he was the guy. And this was a big start before the deadline, and he didn't pitch very well. And it's probably not fair to judge a guy on a start prior to the July trading deadline of last year and two World Series games where a lot of guys were complaining about the ball, was it slippery, was it ever. But Charlie Morton didn't have an issue with it. Lance McCullers didn't have an issue with it. Brandon Morrow didn't have an issue with it in Game 7. If there's a will, there's a way. And this is what my concern is. This isn't the 1975 Cubs, the 1964 Cubs. This is the 2018 Cubs. They've won it in 16. They made the move last year to acquire Quintana. They're not about let's have a good season. They proved that last year. Stop the tape. That was big stuff. Uh Big stuff here on... ESPN 1000 about a week ago. We have so many great interviews. Things come and go. Sometimes, you know, miss a little, miss a lot. Right. You, you don't uh, hear everything. We had that down. EO11 cut that for us. That was pretty damning. Uh-huh. And, and Dan Plesek right there, you could tell he was tempering it, being professional. He didn't hold back, but he said it in a very professional manner. If you... Want to I'll paraphrase it? He says, it was a stupid move. What were they thinking? Now, we have another cut a few minutes later. That's what Chris Russo, Mad Dog, said oh, a couple weeks ago with uh, yeah. yeah, with Cap. He said, I, he goes, the signing of, signing of Darvish was the dumbest signing of the year. He said, it was awful. I love it. a terrible signing. He's great. So. He rode this cesspitus. He's um, mm-hmm. Mad, Mad Dog and Russo. Right. Or whatever. He, Chris no, Russo. He's the Mad Dog. He's the Mad Dog, yeah. Oh, the other guy was uh, the other guy. Right. Yeah. Mike and the Mad Dog. Right. The Mad Dog, this guy Cespedes, he just came back after like the four-month DL with uh, something pulled. Right. Probably from golfing. <laughs> and in New York, there he must be a Mets fan himself. Yeah. Uh, he's a Giants fan, actually. All right, whatever. Yeah. So, Hugh Darvish. I got another cut here from that same interview of a minute later. Stick, listen to this. This is more of Danny Plesak. Let me tell you, uh, this is about 10 days ago. Dan Plesak is now going to talk about what I just mentioned. Like, stats are fine. You want to have also scouts. Uh-huh. Now, 
I have heard from people that I believe to know. When the Cubs brass, now I don't know how many are the brass. We know who the top number one guy is. We know who number two is, right? Yep. And then there's number three and there's number four. And there's the analytical, the number guys. And then there's the, the, the head of scouting, pro scouting, the guys that fought. From what I understand, and I don't think you've heard this anywhere. From what I understand, there was a big disagreement at Clark and Addison last, what was it, January, mm-hmm. December? When did they finally sign Darvish? Late January. It dragged on. Doesn't matter. Right. Irrelevant. Three people voted yes. We want Darvish. One of them was a executive. Two of them were the number crunchers. Okay. On the other side of the ledger, I don't know how many. Five, six, seven, eight. They said no. And they itemized and listed these reasons. Like, please, that just listed. Oh, the ball was slippery. Stealing the signals. Tipping the pitches. This and that. No. He's soft. We don't want this guy. It was like eight no and three yes. Mm-hmm. And again, the three yes were an executive and two of the statistical analytical guys. I've also heard that some of those people didn't speak for four to six weeks after this happened. I believe the source is to be true. Okay. A few minutes later in that same interview, all right? Now listen to this. Turn your device a little louder. Dan Plezak still there. Now Tommy Waddle poses the next question. Sylvie had the last one. He said, what in the world? No, he didn't say what in the world. That would be leading the jury. He says, what did Theo see? Though I like the what in the world. Yeah. What did Theo see See in, uh, in, in Darvish? How surprised are you that Jed and Theo bought in at such a price for Darvish with some of the concerns that you mentioned? Value. It's it's a different way of looking at and generating interest in players now. A lot of it is, and I'm not going to go metrics because I think Theo might be their sharpest tool in the shed. He has a great combo of using analytics, using advisors, using his people, whether it's Rick Sutcliffe or whoever. He sends out there to go look at players and or pitchers. He looks at the analytics, but he also trusts what his baseball people tell him. And I see what they saw. They saw a guy that at times, coming back from Tommy John, you buy into it and you say, okay, he has to be better because usually at about 16 months, the guys that come back from Tommy John, you're going to see this big spike in. They're going to get better. They're going to get better quickly. And then they're over the hump. And he looked like he was over the hump. With that said, his skill set, Tom, doesn't grow on trees. He's a big, strong guy. He throws 95 to 97, has a good curveball, has a good slider, his split finger at times is really good. So it's hard to find a guy with the four-pitch mix, a guy that's been looked at as a top-of-the-rotation guy. With that said, you buy into it because, Tom, the hardest commodity in, ba- in professional baseball is starting pitching. Good stuff. Please, Nick. Here's the thing. you got to know what's in the guy's heart. Mm-hmm. And you can't do that with statistical metric analysis. Call it whatever you want. You can't just buy, uh, in the old days, the, the who's who in baseball, look at the numbers and know that Ernie Brolio's got a bum flipper. Right. 
I heard someone the other day somewhere saying, I don't want to hear about that Lou Brocko and Ubrolio trade anymore. Fine, you don't have to. Point is, if you don't have the scouting nailed down, you can't just look. When, when the Cubs made the trade, Brock for Brolio, they had a sporting news. They looked at the sporting news. Right. The box scores. Really? This is how primitive it was. Mm-hmm. They get the sporting news, and they look at the box scores for the last Oh, look, Brolio had a good outing uh, uh, 10 days ago in uh, San Francisco. They, they didn't have the new sporting news because it comes every week. So they didn't know he got his ears pinned back, you know, an inning and a third, 10 earned runs two nights ago. Three three two three seven seven. I think what they were saying was it wasn't that they didn't want to hear from Bob Brock and Fabrolio. They said that there's a more a more current trade that's going to, going to go down as worse than that one. Eloy. That's what I think it might have been. I didn't hear that. Yeah, that's the only one I can think I of. I hated now. that trade the, the minute I heard it. Uh, uh, yeah, he had he had a homer yeah. a double and a homer his first three times up, and they decided he'd still bat some more. Outfielder Eloy Jimenez. The number two prospect in all of baseball, according to MLB Pipeline, last night homered twice and doubled for Charlotte. Yep, first three innings. You got Quintana. This is one of the biggest robberies in history, and they sold it down to Cub fans' throats, saying, that's the price you pay. Well, he didn't have to. Well, he threw in Dylan Cease, too. That was a nice little Oh, yeah, and now he has history of arm trouble, so we'll see. That's... The internal word at Clark and Addison, why they threw him in. Mm-hmm. Well, he ain't, he's got arm trouble. So, just even up, it was a bad trade. Even up, it was a bad trade. Just Eli mm-hmm. for Q. Let's go to, uh, gotta take a break. Wait, John's been, uh, John, Dan, we'll get right back to you. Murph and Fred, Jesse at 11. Last chance vote right now. Bears running back Jordan Howard. A, B, C, D, key part of the uh, offense this year, a make-or-break season. He's got bad hands, going to screw up that new offensive scheme. Or D, he's going to be a surprise camp cut. We'll get some Bears talk generated in the next hour. Back in a flash, Murph and Fred vote at ESPN 1000. Welcome back, Murph and Fred. Are you looking for that neighborhood gem of a restaurant? You know the place, cozy atmosphere, impeccable menu. Not an easy find? Well, here's some advice. Go with experience. Vincitori. That's right, Italian cuisine served in a casual trattoria setting in the heart of Westmont. Right there, downtown Westmont. You can't miss it on Cass. Vincitori's menu features exquisite pasta, seafood, steaks, veal, chopped salad, all freshly prepared featuring... Owner and Chef Bob's individual style. you got to try the grilled calamari. It is the best. Head to Vincitori tonight. Feast on some incredible Italian dishes paired with great wine. For reservations, info, and uh, salivating photos, head to Vincitori. That's V-I-N-C-I-T-O-R-I dot com. Talking Cubs. We'll get right to the phones. Jesse, an hour and a half at 11 o'clock. We'll kick over to some uh, Bears talk in the 10 o'clock hour, but it's baseball today. Topics right now for the Cubs can hitting, bullpen, and defense offset no starting pitching. Do you need some starting pitching? Number two, I said, all right, I give up, Fred. I throw in the towel. 
The Cubs need James Shields. Seven innings again uh, yesterday into the eighth. Seven hits, one earned run. Fred's going to propose in a moment here what he wants back, if not name-wise, talent-wise for James Shields. We're going to find out EO11 uh, if it's uh, one year left or another year after this for James Shields. And uh, Shields is a free agent at the end of the season. Okay. Yeah, this, this is, is it. it. This is so the money's year. like nothing because it was chopped in half. Oakland has half of it. Now two-thirds of the season's gone, so it's like, you know, spit in the ocean money. Three three two three seven seven six. but <laughs> it sounds crazy. The Cubs need five starting pitchers. Alright, uh, EO11, what the fans say? The Bears fans, how'd they vote? I'm Bears running back Jordan Howard. Is he uh, A, B, C, or D, a key part of this year's offense? B, that's a make-or-break year. C, and he's got bad hands. He screws up the offensive scheme. Or D, he's going to be a surprise camp cut. What they say, Eric? All right, starting at the bottom, 5% saying he'll be a surprise camp cut. Ah, okay, go on. 13% says that his bad hands hinders the offensive scheme. 27% says it's a make-or-break year. And 55% say he's a key part to the offense. I'm a little surprised, but Fred will get into Bears talk. We'll uh, get your vote on that at 10 o'clock. Or you got to remember his first two years rushed for th- more than 1,300 uh-huh. yards and more than 1,100 yards. But like so. you said, no one talks about the running. Well, we'll, we'll talk Bears in yep. a few minutes. Let's go to uh, John and Rolling Meadows. John, uh, Cub fan, are you? Um, no, I'm more of a Sox fan, right. but That's I went right. to Wrigley That's yesterday right. to watch the, the, it turned out to be a debacle. If, if you look at the National League as a whole right now, you got to look at this and say, if the World Series were to start tomorrow, or even the playoffs for that matter, the two strongest teams are Boston and Houston. And the Cubs and right would be, now, hold on, let's have a conversation thing, hang on. But the Cubs would, uh, let's see, if it's the, the Cubs would be in the playoffs, right? Yeah, they would right. win the division. Okay, just I don't for know the record. Who the wild cards would be at this point, but. St. Louis? Eh, Fred's got the standings. What's, so, no, the wild cards would be Atlanta and uh, Milwaukee. They, oh, yes, yes. I, I meant Milwaukee. All right. So, All right. Uh, what's, what's your uh, bottom line here, John? Go. Okay. So, you, you look at. It's What's a situation no, 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 as a whole. John, we're up against the clock. Give me your bottom line. Go. Okay, the bottom line right now, if, if it was all to shut down, I would say that the Red Sox have to be the odds-on favorite to win this whole thing. They don't have a weak spot right now right. on their roster. Thank you, John. You're, you know, can't disagree with that. Houston's not bad either. Uh, <laughs> Randy, is that you in Valpo, Randy? It is. What's up, Randy? Hey, Randy. Yeah, I called a couple of weeks ago, fellas. The, the Quintana for Aloy, but I know you like to get you know exaggerated on your Brock Brolio, and this might be the worst trade of all time. Got to remind you guys, every prospect the Cubs had, they're already out, overflowed in the outfield. All those guys had over 1,000 OPSs in the minor leagues. To call this a bad trade for the Cubs is just insanity because Jimenez has never played a major league game. He is still a suspect until he plays. I understand your point, Randy. I'm not an idiot. Then why do you keep saying it? Then why? What's your point? That you're going to base Eloy on past 
performance of other players. Is that what you're just, I'm just trying to figure out. Quintana, it, Quintana, Quintana is a middle of the rotation pitcher who, at if best. you want to, if you, All right. at, at, okay, he eats up innings. He's 15 and nine since he's been with the Cubs. He's pitched almost 200 innings and 32 starts. All right, I know he, all that. He, he's not what, an eighth are, Okay, I know that. What are you basing Eloy's going to be a bust out on again? I just, oh, I'm trying to track no, 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 with no. you. I, I, I definitely didn't say bust out whatsoever, but my point is, Fred just said this may be the worst trade that comes. No, 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 I, no! I didn't. I said I thought that's the one that they were ta- they were talking about. They said it earlier this week. That's why Brock Fabrolio came All up. Right. I couldn't think of another one that would be any worse. All right, hold on, everybody. Both of you, stop, Randy. I'm just trying to digest this, okay, and distill it down. So you're comparing past ball players with what Eli will do. Yes, no, no. That's what, what you just said. Is, that's what you just but, said. But. So, but no, but listen. So you had no. Schwarber, you had Hap, all these guys in the minor leagues that killed it. You don't think there's going to be any progression where Jimenez is going to come up? He's going to be a very good player. Don't get me wrong, but that he's not going to have struggles. That you guys killed Schwarber last year. Jimenez could be the same way when he's 22 or 23 I years old. I love Schwarber. Yeah, great. But how did you love Randy, him last year? He what's your, down hold the on. Mind. What's your agenda? The agenda no, is. No, I can't. What's your agenda? You cannot call it a bad trade when the guy has not played in the major league. Oh, you're gonna, well, what are you going to call it? You see, here, thanks for your call. See, in, let, me, let me give everyone a little idea of what's going on here, Fred, and you know what I'm going to say. In Sports Talk Radio, we have the responsibility to risk being wrong. I, I don't want to be one of those guys, oh, well, let's wait five years and find out. And, and for the caller, Fred, to say, well, other Cubs guys didn't come through. and the, You know what? To compare any one player with an organization's past is ludicrous. At least that's my opinion. They haven't got most of the guys the Cubs have. They did not get through via trades. They get them all through drafts. They get them all through international signings. You look at it: Schwarber, um, Baez, Almora, Zobris, free agent signing, Hayward, free agent signing, Almora draft. Hap, I just didn't get draft, his agenda. Rizzo. Uh, Rizzo was a trade, one of the few trades. So. Well, I, I know his agenda. He was a Sox fan. No, he wasn't. He's what, a complete what? opposite. He's a Cub fan? He, yes, he's a Cub fan, saying that you can't compare it. You can't say it's the worst trade ever. So, yeah, he's he was definitely a Cub fan. Well, our job is not to come back in five years and talk about the trade. No. Our job is to talk about it now. Three three two three seven seven six. Let's take a look at our uh, Twitter poll question for this half hour. Uh, give me a little Twitter poll music there, would you? Ah. That always puts me in a good mood. Mitch Trubisky, A, B, C, or D. Mitch Trubisky will be A, better than Cutler, B, better than McMahon, C, both. Or D, neither. All right? We're going to be on the Bears beat at 10 o'clock. Get your votes in now. Mitch Trubisky will be better than Cutler, better than McMahon, both, or neither. All right. Here's what happens when your starting pitching all goes bad at once. Fred, as you can guess, it's not pretty, is it? Nope. (laughs) Nope, not pretty at all. All right. Let's go back. Can we go back? Is 1985 too far back to go? For some. Okay. They weren't born yet. I know some people never heard of Ryan Sandberg or Rick Sutcliffe. I understand that. Then you know what? Google them up or read a book. Here. In 1984, the Cubs 
had a pretty nice season. Mm-hmm. They won about 95, 96 games. And Until Sutcliffe couldn't win that damn fifth game. And then they progressed into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So 85 looked like it was going to be. And, and 84, they had a nice rotation. They had uh, Eckersley, Trout, Sutcliffe, Sanderson, and a guy named Ruthven. All right. And they almost made it to the World Series by one game. But they mm-hmm. didn't. All right, fine. So the next year, things look rosy. At one point in the middle of the season, Eckersley, Trout, Sutcliffe, Sanderson, and Ruthven were all simultaneously on the DL, the disabled list. So what happens is, here's your uh, starters. Ray Fontenot. Mm-hmm. Most of these names... Most people don't even remember Eckersley, Trout, Sutcliffe, Sanderson, or Ruthven. So you're not going to remember rotation. Then Ray Fontenot, Steve Engel, Derek Patello, uh, Larry uh, Sorensen, Reggie Patterson, uh, and uh, uh, Jay Baller. What am I leading up to? That team won 77 and 84. Doesn't matter if your starting pitching is hurt or out or just not performing. Mm-hmm. There's no way you're going to recoup. None. And when we come back, I'm going to talk a little bit about my observations of Hendricks and Lester and what I think I've observed as the problem. If you want to jump in, 332-3776. Still raining, Fred? Oh, yeah. Oh, not boy. so much as before, though. They, and the Bears are continuing practicing. They're not, uh, they're not going anywhere. The so. coach says we're practicing in the rain. We want slippery balls in our hands because that's what it could be like during the season. So I like it. I like the fact they're out there and they're running everybody somewhere else into the... Do they have a big gymnasium down there in Bourbonus? They do, but they're uh, not going to run them in there unless unless there's lightning. Back in a flash, Murph and Fred vote at ESPN 1000. Busy day. Little Bears talk right around the corner. As Fred mentioned, they are practicing in uh, Bourbon A. First uh, open to the public fan day. Was the media allowed yesterday to yep. watch? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because they're pretty, uh, they don't like a lot of information getting out. Yeah, no, no, not at uh, training camps. They allow them all to watch. And not just the Bears, I understand. Uh, most of the NFL now really put the clamps down on yep. uh messaging out anything about what's going on but but the fans can do it it's yes, something they can. i don't understand they're doing it now lots of guys making catches kevin white with a couple of catches adam shaheen hmm. uh shielding off the defender making a grab hey uh the, this yeah. british open update brought yeah. to you by the pga superstore pga tour superstore a golf store so big hmm. you may need a caddy with two locations in Chicago to serve you, your golf and tennis needs, Downers Grove and Schomburg. Right now, your leaders, a three-way tie atop the leaderboard, Kevin Chappelle, Zach Johnson, Kevin Kisner. Mm -hmm. They are at six under par, but he's making a move. Tiger Woods is five under for the day, five under for the tournament. He has one shot off the lead along with Patrick Cantlay and Ricky Fowler, also Tommy Fleetwood and Pat Perez. At four under par, two off the lead, Justin Rose, Francisco Molinari, also Charlie Hoffman, and Matt Kuchar. So um, Rory McIlroy also at four under. So a very, very exciting uh, third-round action at the British Open. So one of the crazy things about baseball is all of a sudden the guy will lose it. Mm-hmm. He lost it. Yep. Now, Chatwood, right? 
It, it, it's so perplexing, Fred. I, it's it's hard to even fathom how this guy has gone from you know a, a respectable average, you know, three or a four starting pitcher uh-huh. to to a what's he now? He's not even a five. He's not even a no, six barely. or a seven. He's right. a minor league pitcher right now. How about this number? Well, we all remember. So last winter, the signing of Chatwood. I'll never forget the number one stat that kept popping up was it was amazing. Yep. It said uh, the last two years, 2016, 2017, in all of baseball, Chatwood of the Colorado Rockies, yep. you know, for the last five years, six years, whatever. For the last two years, Tyler Chatwood, is that his name? Tyler, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Chatwood has the second lowest road ERA in baseball. Yep. Now that's a mouthful. But pitching in Colorado, half your games, your home games, you know, elevated and there's low gravity and the balls fly and the curveball don't break and the cow jumped over the moon. It all makes sense. Right. That when he gets on the road back to, you know, what's Chicago, 700 feet above sea level or you go to the coast where it's zero feet above sea level, but 5,280 feet. Okay, we all understand that. The best behind Clayton Kershaw. Road ERA in baseball for the last two years. Well, he's not going to be pitching any more games nope. other than a, one trip a year to Colorado, and the Cubs will probably scramble the roster. Yeah, he didn't pitch, he didn't so, pitch there, there when he went so this year. He didn't pitch there. Yeah. And all of a sudden, what happened to those stats? Now, listen to this one. Well, this here's, is, his, here's his problem. Well, here it is. You got it? He's got, well, he's got 73 walks. Well, okay. He's walked more player, more people... Than anybody in baseball, mm-hmm. he has thrown eighty-four innings. The next closest has thrown one hundred and three innings and walked sixty. So he's he's almost at a walking inning. He's walked seventy-three in fifty in eighty-four innings. Well, here's where it's even worse. The same direction, right? But we don't know by those stats. Well, maybe every year he's like this. See, every year maybe he leads the league and walks. No, uh-uh. This was uh, Mark. Uh, who wrote this today? I think I have this Tribune or sometime. Chadwood walks per nine innings, all right? Okay. Over five-year career with the Rockies, average 4.1. Rounded off, four. So five years with the Rockies, he walked four men every nine innings. Mm-hmm. This year with the Cubs, 7.8. Rounded up to eight. He went from four walks per inning with the Rockies in five years, average, now eight. He's doubled. Yeah. This is why I'm saying it's unbelievable what baseball can do to you. How can a guy go from four walks an inning for five years to double, eight, with the Cubs? Yep. Is it arm? Is it mental? What else could it be? There's no other third. What else could it be? How do you just lose it? I'm looking. You said four, right? Four point. One okay, this year his, his walks six seven five three mm. five five two six five four seven oh. two five three four three. It's yeah. unbelievable, it's, and, and that's only going five right. innings. The most this, he has gone all season. Right, he went seven innings once, six innings twice. All of those were in April. Yeah. since April, his longest outing, five and two thirds innings. He's averaging eight walks per nine innings. That's basically one an inning. And he used to average four That's per brutal. nine innings. And Kyle Hendricks, remember about a year ago, he uh, had that tendonitis a problem in his right hand, one of his fingers. That 
remember Maddox? And he had that tailback uh, uh, two-seamer. Uh-huh. He'd throw inside to a lefty with tail or uh, back into it. And that was all done through finger point pressure. All of a sudden now, Hendricks, his two-seam comeback, the Maddox pitch, it's not moving as much. I don't care what anybody says. It's not moving as much. It's got to be. What else could it be? It's got to be the finger again. And they're, they're, Well, he says nothing about an injury. Well, then why is the ball not moving? And Lester, the last outing or two. Because he's lost it. He's well, just lost it. Yeah, got a little Kramer in That's there. right. I lost it. Uh-huh. The, his uh, two-seam uh, two cutter, Lester. It's not cutting as much. It's not breaking down as much. Call it a slider, call it a cutter, whatever the hell it is. It's not moving as much. And the two two home runs, the first two home runs of Carpenter were up. They were up. Yeah, he almost had called third strike. Yeah, the first time up, yeah. he thought he had a called third strike. He didn't get it. Next pitch bounces off the scoreboard. Yeah, laid it in there. The video board right. in right field. Yeah, okay, That's baseball. It hit the biofreeze sign. <laughs> Hey, we'll shift over to some Bears talk. Bears are at Bourbon A. Jesse Rogers in one hour. Busy day. Glad you're with us. Vote right now at ESPN 1000. Mitch Trubisky, better than Cutler, better than McMahon. He'll be better than both, better than neither. Uno, dos, one, two, tres, cuatro. Hour number two, Murph and Fred. Going to shift over to a little Bears talk as they begin practice in front of the fans in Bourbon A. We'll be on that in about one or two minutes. Visit with the guys over at Bear Report, Windy City Gridiron. Uh, Fred, so I finally will admit it. The Cubs need your guy, James Shields. Uh, what what would you expect? He only has two months left on the contract. Money's not an issue. Uh, but, you know, if there's demand, when there's demand, you're going to get something in return. What would you think would be something, not even a name, but, you know, what What in general would you want? Oh, no, I'll take David Bodie and a uh, single-A pitcher. Well, that's too much. <laughs> well, well, then you ain't getting shields. Well, then you're not going to get rid of them because no one's going to give you that. It's okay. Well, you're going to lose well, a minor there. leaguer. Well, you're, gonna, you're a minor league infield, a minor league utility infielder. That's all they're asking. You know why you can't have Bodie? Because I got the feeling that if Theo has to pull the trigger and unload major league talent mm-hmm. to get a starting pitcher, yep. he's going to trade Hap. But I see, I'm saying you don't have to. Well, here's and no, you just give no, the Sox Bodie. But here's why you can't. And Alex Lang. I know, but here's why you can't have Bodie. Okay. Bodie would be the guy that would replace Hap. See. But see, I'm not by. I'm not making you trade Hap for a starter. You can keep Hap. No, but for a big, I'm not going to ask for Hap or for a Degrom or a big time pitcher. You're going to need Hap as one of the trading chips, and then Bodie. Because I heard Joe the other day on some interviews go, "Well, you know, Bodie. They tell me is a pretty good second baseman. Also, he's a terrific third baseman. Yes, he is. He's big. He's not built like a second baseman, and he can hit too. But that would be their backup plan if they had to trade Hap. Yep. Uh, Hey, let's bring in EO 11. Eric, what the fans uh, vote for? And we'll ask our guest, Aaron uh, Lemming, also. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, if you didn't vote yet, it's too late. He will be A, B, C, D, better than Cutler or better than McMahon. Both, 
Neither. I can't wait to hear it. I got no friggin' have any idea where this vote's going to go. I am clueless. I'm going to say both. As usual. We're going to go both. Better than both. Yep, better than both. Bring me in from the bottom up there, Eric. Okay, with the, the least amount is 8% saying better than McMahon. Uh, 16% says neither. 25% says better than Cutler. And 51% See, say go. it'll be better than both. There All you right. go. I like it. Better than both. Hey, let's talk a little Bears football. Let's go out and bring in from Windy City, Gridiron, and Bear Report. It's our guy, Aaron Lemming. Hello, Aaron. It's Murph here and Fred. Good morning. Good morning, guys. How we doing? Well, we're, we're doing fine. Talking a lot of baseball, but it's uh, Bears time. Camp's a buzzing uh, at uh, Bourbonnet. We just had a Twitter poll question, if you were eavesdropping on hold there, uh, Aaron. And, you know, we asked the fans, Mitch Trubisky, you know, what will his career be like? Better than Cutler? Better than McMahon? They said both. Both was the winning. Uh, it's a little early, but that's what we do in Sports Talk Radio. What would you expect as a Bears expert to see the uh, change in Trubisky from last year to this year? I like what Kyle Long said. Did you see the other day, guys? He goes, when he was practicing, he's not practicing today. Oh, I know. Yeah. That's another time. Kyle Long <laughs> said, oh, Trubisky? Yeah, he said uh, he's a man now, and he has bass in his voice. Never heard that one before, but evidently it's a compliment. His voice has dropped lower, and he's a man now. But what really will we see on the field, or would you expect we should look for, uh, Aaron, uh, in year two of Trubisky? I think it's going to have to be a big step. Uh, you know, they, they spent a second overall pick on him last year. They traded up a little bit to get him, and I mean, their expectations are high. And I think especially when you look at what they did this year uh, with the offseason with the, the head coach, Matt Nagy, and then going on to all their free agent acquisitions on offense, even Anthony Miller uh, in the draft. I mean, you really look at what they've done, and it's been – very centered around Trubisky, so I think you know the expectations are high. I don't know if they're as high as you know, let's say what uh, Wentz and Goff did last year. I think that that was a big jump for those guys, and obviously that'd be great for Trubisky. But I think a more realistic view would be more of a you know a top fifteen type quarterback uh, within production. Obviously the the numbers got to jump up, and I think just from a you know a standpoint of looking at what he's going to do, I think decision making is going to be a big thing. Uh, going downfield more and being more decisive, especially in the pocket. I think a lot of last year that we saw, especially with as predictable as they were, is he wasn't overly comfortable in the pocket, and that was something that he was really good at at North Carolina. So really, it's kind of getting back to the basics of what he was good at North Carolina. Uh, you know, making those uh, precision throws and having the accuracy, and like I said, being being comfortable in the pocket and having that athleticism, I think it's going to be a big thing. So if we see a more comfortable quarterback this year that doesn't look like that rookie and that looks like he's making those progressions and uh -huh. the numbers follow, then I think that's a I think that's a good step. Yeah. You yeah. know, you said going downfield more, and it's funny because a lot of people think about the Kansas City offense. They think of a lot of dink and dunk and a lot of over the middle to the tight end and things like that. But if you look at it, uh, Alex Smith actually had a, a good percentage. He actually did throw well going downfield, and that actually is part of this offense, isn't it? Going downfield a lot more than they did last year. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's about stressing the defense in multiple ways. I mean, whether it be with their personnel on the field, uh, whether it be whatever they're doing downfield or in the middle of the field, and I think that's going to be a big thing for Trubisky because he has a good deep ball. Uh, he doesn't have a great arm, but he has a very good arm. And uh, in, in the NFL, as we've seen with guys like Tom Brady 
you don't need to have a great arm. So I think he's got every, you know, he has the arm to make every throw. Uh, but I think a big thing this year for the Bears offense is going to be having those big chunk plays, which they didn't have last year. Aaron, uh, the news this morning, which is really super, not surprising is the wrong word, really, uh, you know, disconcerting, not good news. as Because yesterday, Kyle Long, uh, the phrase the Bears uh, people use was full participation. He was, you know, out there, full go, full bore. And then Fred had the announcement. Well, just, just that he's not practicing. Not, we don't know why or why he's not practicing. It could just be a veteran's day off after the first workout. But could be, but, but Aaron, I don't know why. He's, got, he's had more than enough time off recently. So where, where, does, that, uh, where, where does that factor in uh, James uh, Daniels, second pick overall, offensive lineman out of Iowa? Uh, they didn't want to force feed him. Or if he won the job, you know, what's the offensive line look like with and without Kyle Long? Well, I think when you look at Kyle Long, I think it's going to be one of those things, especially with him. He had three surgeries this offseason, so I think they're going to bring him along somewhat slowly, and it's, it's been wet over there where he got that. Sure. So it's, uh, I think it's one of those things that, especially with a guy like Long, I think they're going to want to take it slow. But when you look at their offensive line, I think you look at it with Kyle Long in there, and I think Eric Cush and, uh, and James Daniels are going to be the two guys who are going to be battling out at left guard. Ultimately, I think uh, you know they want Daniels to win the spot. I think that they do want to keep White here at center. Now, if, uh, you know, if, if Long isn't in there, then you've, you've got an interesting situation. But I think their depth is going to be better than it has been. I mean, they have Eric Tish, who was uh, out all year last year after tearing his hamstring in training camp. But you've also got Earl Watford, who's been kind of a spot starter, not the greatest. you got Jordan Morgan, who was a fifth-round pick last year. Hiram uh, Strasu, uh, let's hope that doesn't come to that. But I think they have a decent amount of depth on the interior line. But I think... Really more of Kyle Long and practicing today, and I'm sure we'll hear in a little bit from Coach Nagy. But uh-huh. I, I think this is more of a more of a precautionary thing, and they want to take it slow with some of these guys and make sure they're not overexerting them, especially in bad weather. The one thing that uh, it was tough last year trying to figure out exactly how good or bad or how adjusted to the league uh, Mitchell Trubisky was was he had no weapons. They go out and they get Allen Robinson. They go out and get Taylor Gabriel. They draft Anthony Miller. Uh, you know, Kevin White is still there. And, um, you know, Lord knows if he can stay healthy. Who knows what's going to happen. Do you think this, these are enough weapons? You, do you expect these guys to be able to fit into this offense that uh, Matt Nagy and Mark Helfrich are going to put together? On paper, I'd say absolutely. I think there's there's definitely some projection there. I mean, you got some unproven talent uh, with with guys like uh, Tariq Cohen, um, and you know, even even to a certain extent, a guy like uh, you know Clay Burton. But I, I think they have a lot of options, and especially when you look at receiver. I mean, you've got four guys who could start: Anthony Miller, uh, Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, and Devin White. And I think you look at their tight ends, and you've got Deion Sims there. Uh, from last year, I'm seeing you know from last year, Trey Burton. So I think really they're gonna they're gonna mix and match things a lot. I think Tree Cohen's gonna be a big factor, as well as Taylor Gabriel. I mean, these are guys that they really haven't had in years past. I can stretch the field as those those speedy guys that you can give big looks with uh, you know the big receivers, Allen Robinson, uh, you know Kevin White, uh, you know the tight ends, or you can go with a uh, you know smaller package with uh, guys like Taylor Gabriel and Anthony Miller and uh, Tariq Cohen. So I think they have a lot there to offer. Like I said, it's, it's all improving. It's all on paper right now. But I think as far as spreading around the ball, I, I think it's going to be more of an Eagles-type offense, uh, what they did last year where they didn't have a receiver over 1,000 yards. Sure. 
uh, versus what Kansas City did where they had two receivers over 1,000. Hey, great talking, little Bears football. Before we uh, spring you loose on your busy day over at Bear Report, check out also Windy City Gridiron, our guy Aaron Lemming. Aaron, our uh, Twitter poll from about an hour ago was about Jordan Howard, Bears running back. And uh, it was sort of uh, tongue-in-cheek in a way. I wrote it last night. And no, I do not drink on Friday night, but I wrote this anyway. How would you uh, think the fans voted or how would you vote? It's a multiple choice, Aaron, on Jordan Howard. This year, Bears running back Jordan Howard, A, B, C, or D, A. He's going to be a big part of the offense. B, sort of his make-or-break year. C, the new offensive scheme is not built for a guy with bad hands in the backfield. Or D, could he be a surprise camp cut? So, we got the whole spectrum here. It's going to be a big part of the offense. Those bad hands are going to screw up the new offense. Hey, it's time to show your multi-talented or, you know what? These guys don't know him. Uh, maybe he's the, uh, the offense, the a surprise cut. That's sort of drastic, but I've seen that before. What do you see for Jordan Howard this year is the bigger question to you. Well, I think when you look at it, I definitely don't think he's going to be cut by any means. I think, you know, at worst-case scenario, uh, I, I think they trade him, but they didn't make any moves in the draft for that to happen, so I think it's there. I think ultimately they're going to give him every chance in the world uh, to make this happen. I mean, he's on a he's on a rookie deal. Uh, they're going to show multiple different looks, but I think when you really look at uh, what they're going to do uh, from an outside zone perspective, he's, he he fits perfectly as a runner. So I think you know the biggest question is going to be hands. I mean, there's really no no way around that. But at least early reports so far have been that his his hands have approved. We'll see how that goes in game situations. But I think they're going to give him every chance in the world to be the bell cow back. With that being said, yeah. I do think that, you know, instead of getting the 20 carries a game that he has been getting on average, I think that's going to be closer to probably 15 or 16. Uh, I think that's just because they're going to, they're going to, they'll still run the ball a decent amount, but they're going to be mixing in three Cohen, Benny Cunningham, stuff like that. So he's still going to be a big part of the offense, but. I don't think it's going to be quite as big as in years past where they're running the ball 60% of the time. Well, Aaron and Fred, let me just augment that because I'm trying. Okay, if he, will he ever, well, if he lines up, will he line up by himself? You know, you throw an ace backfield, just only one running back. The defense then knows they're probably not throwing to him. Do you have to, therefore, line him up in a deuce, as to call it, with Cohen and him? How do you scheme that, Fred, from the offensive point of view, so the defense doesn't say, don't worry about him, he's not going out for a pass, or does that not matter? I don't think it matters. Right. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't think it matters anymore. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, If you want to put Tariq Cohen back there and put Cohen in motion, but there's going to be a lot of times where Cohen will be out there, right. I think, with Jordan Howard, and other times where Howard might be out there by himself and no Cohen and you know have other, other wide receivers. I don't know. What do you think, Aaron? I think uh, I think you're going to see a good mix, and I think the big thing to remember here is that Tariq Cohen is going to be lining up a lot as a receiver in the same as Taylor Gabriel, and they're very similar players, so I think you could also see those guys going in the backfield on most and different things, but I don't yeah. think it's going to be giving away much, because I still think they're going to throw the ball to Jordan Howard. It's just going to matter if he's going to catch the ball or not. <laughs> oh. Oh, it'll matter very much, though, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Oh, Aaron, Aaron. Yeah, it will. Yeah. Aaron, I forget, Aaron, Fred, I forgot to give out our 10 o'clock uh, trivia, uh, uh, Twitter poll, rather. All right. For the Bears, because some, you know, 8 and 8. Oh, that'd be great. 8 and 8. Sure, it would be great. If the, for the Bears to go 8 and 8, let's just presume they do, okay? For the Bears to go 8 and 8, multiple choice. 
they have to win at least one division game. They have to win at least two division games, three division games, or four division games. Now, to refresh everybody after a long off season, you play six division games. Right. All right? Just for everybody that's free. Well, wait a minute now, Murph. Two at Detroit, two at Green Bay, two at Minnesota. All right, I'm going to put you on the spot, Aaron. And again, we're not debating if they can't go 8-8. Eight and eight. If they were to go 8-8, eight and eight, how do they do it? How many division games do they have to win, Aaron? I think minimum would be two. Uh, I, I think when you, especially when you look at the rest of the schedule, playing NFC, uh, sorry, the AFC East and playing a bunch of last place teams in the NFC from last year uh-huh. because of how they finished. So I think it's very conceivable that they could go two and two and four in the division. NFC North is very deep this year and still make it to eight and eight because of who they play outside of that. Fred, yeah, I'm going to say three. Um, they could probably do it with two, but I think three would help because they really do have kind of a tough schedule. They they play at home. They get uh, you know they get the Patriots here. Uh, they play some other tough opponents. Seattle comes to town here. Um, it, it's going to be tough on some of their non-conference games. So I think if they can win three, they can go. They can get eight wins for the year. Hey, great job! Check them out at Bear Report, Windy City, Gridiron. Aaron Lemming, thanks, Aaron. Appreciate your time. We'll catch up as we get closer to the season with you. All right. Sounds good. I appreciate you guys having me on again. Have a good rest of the day. All right, Thanks, buddy. Aaron. See you hey, later. Our Bears reports are brought yeah. to you by Olivet Nazarene University online. Olivet Nazarene University mm-hmm. offers bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees in nursing, education, and business. Visit graduate.olivet.edu to learn more. And uh, tell him you know Ben Zobrist. Maybe he'll give you a break. He uh, went to school down at Olivet Nazarene. Also, a British Open update. Uh-huh. Tiger Woods now uh, shares the lead at the British Open in the third round. He's at six under par. Wow. Along with Jordan Spieth, Kevin Chappelle, Tommy Fleetwood, Kevin Kisner, and Zach Johnson. So six guys share the lead at uh, six under par. Tiger six under for the day. He started the day at even par. Hey, should we? Uh, let's bring in uh, Eric Ostrowski, Fred. Should we bring in our uh, golf expert uh, for a few minutes? Uh, Only if he's got nothing else to do. He's probably not watching his kids play baseball because it's raining out. Randy Merkin? Huh? Yeah, we'll see what Merck's Merck's up to. I'll text him. I I got a good feeling he's probably watching the British Open. That's a safe bet. Yeah. Safe bet. So wait, your two uh, yes votes offset my no vote? (laughs) Looks like it. Uh I didn't think you'd put me in that spot. I thought you two would say no, no, and then I'd say yes and sound good to Randy. Listen, I I actually, of all the majors, I like the British Open the best. Okay. Because uh, you can actually get up on a Sunday morning and watch each and every hole of the uh, final round. And you can't do that a lot of times with the Masters and some of the other ones. Uh, I kind of like them hitting on uh, what looks like hay. And uh, the ball rolls, and uh, you know, right. it's, it, we'll see what Tiger does. I think it'd be interesting talking to Randy, getting his spin out. All right, Eric, see if we can get Randy Merkin uh, on the blower, okay? Our uh, assistant PD, is that the title? Yes. Uh, hey, okay. the, the Cubs have made some roster moves assistant today. Assistant program director, yeah. They placed uh, Anthony Bass on the 10-day disabled list. Uh, it says here it's fake. a right mid-thoracic strain. Um, I just thought his neck hurt. It's fake. Yeah, he actually walked a lot of guys yesterday. Uh, they added right-handed pitcher Jesse Chavez to the roster. We knew that was happening. Good. Right-handed pitcher Dylan Maples has been recalled from Iowa. Mm-hmm. Right-handed pitcher James Norwood, who also struggled in that seven-run inning. Uh, option to AAA. Okay. Uh, additionally, right-handed pitcher Luke Farrell has been added to the active roster as the 26th but, man. They get an right. extra guy today because of the de- doubleheader. Is, is he by league rule active for both games? 
I've heard both. I've heard discrepancies. When you have a doubleheader, which is a cool idea, and yeah, maybe a year or both. two ago, you can bring up a 26th guy, usually always a pitcher, you know, uh, because... I'm pretty sure they're good for, he's good for both. You burn out. Uh, yeah. your, see, it's interesting. He's a starting pitcher. They're bringing him up. He's maybe the long man. He's pitched today. out of the bullpen, though. Yeah, well, no, no, I know. Yeah. But they, he was rumored to be the starting pitcher Monday because you got five games in four days, so you won't have your fifth starter. Well, maybe he'll stick Monday. around and they'll send Dylan Maples back down. Yeah. Yeah, so that's probably him. You know, they're, they're, they're just mixing and matching. They're just moving the deck chairs over at Wrigley Field. That's the Titanic reference, you know. Uh-huh, I know. <laughs> I know. They're just moving. Well, with the pitching staff, I'm not far off. And when I said fake DL, that's fine because everybody does it. It wasn't yes, a negative uh, statement. No. Negative towards the league, I guess, to allow it to happen. Jesse but- thinks that there's a chance that uh, John Lester might end up doing something like that. and uh, But I'm sure that Lester will fight it all the way to the end. He's not going to want to do that. Well, why didn't they have him pitch uh, Sunday or Monday and he would have had 10 days off instead of four? We're going to talk to Jesse about that. Okay. Uh, when he uh, joins us at 11 o'clock. Uh, so the quick little reference you made there to uh, new Cub bullpen, maybe future long man or who knows, Jesse Chavez. This was sort of under the radar on a busy day the other day. The uh, front office, Theo, made a trade. And I they picked up a pretty nice piece right here. Uh, Jesse Chavez now with the uh, Cubs. All right. And the trade was a uh, Class A minor league Cub young pitcher. And this guy, Jesse Chavez, he's been around about seven, eight years. I think he's been with eight, nine teams. He's an older guy. Classical journeyman, I think a journeyman, 34 years old. But he's having his career year. This is a nice piece of scouting, pro scouting uh, by the Cubs. So Jesse Chavez, I mean, who knows much about Jesse Chavez? I looked it up to double check. Making a million dollars this year. So that's what? 333000 a little more, four hundred grand. you are going to pay him. A year ago, here's where it gets interesting. A year ago, he made 21 starts yep. in the major leagues. For the Angels. Correct. Thank mm-hmm. you. This year, zero starts. He's in the bullpen. 30 games. Now, usually a guy in the bullpen like a Pedro Strope or C.J. Edwards, one in it. You look up, it's almost lockstep to their uh, record. Like you look in there, 42 appearances, 42 right. innings pitched. It's uncanny. But 30 games this year for Jesse Chavez, all out of the bullpen, and almost uh, about uh, 56 uh, innings. So he's pitching on the average yep. two innings every time he comes in. It's his career best whip. 1.24, which is around a little below league average. Uh, same as same as James Shields. Yes, very, mm-hmm. very. And strikeouts to walks, uh, 50 to 12. That's 4 to 1. So it's a nice pickup, Jesse Chavez, right-hander. Uh, hey, if I heard one more time, he's got a rubber arm. He's got a rubber arm. Everybody, that's all they say. Yep. He's got a rubber arm. Well, he does. So it's true. Now, here's what's really interesting. You think the Cubs... Well, they have no one in the top 100 minor league uh, prospects in most scouting services. Right. Right. So they probably didn't give up much to get this guy for uh, two months. Right. Well, he must have been a little bit in demand. The Cubs gave up Tyler Thomas. Not Tyler Thomas. Now, that's what I said. Uh Who the blank is he? Right. All right. 
And a lot of times we talk about how their drafts and and minor league international rather signings have not been uh, that strong, which they haven't. At Clark and Addison, he was drafted just last year in the uh, you know high school college uh, draft, seventh round. All right. Anything after the fourth fifth round is usually really a crapshoot, but you never know, right? Yep. Seventh round. He's twenty one years old. He's left handed pitcher. He's at Class A, where you belong your first you know, full year. Listen to this. This guy, he's got 80 strikeouts and 15 walks. Mm-hmm. It's just Class A, Murph. Okay, I understand it. Okay, I'm just reading it in blank in numbers, everybody. His whip is 0.95. Anytime your whip is under 1.00 walks and hits per inning pitched, if you do that in the big leagues, you're in the Hall of Fame. Yep. I know it's Class A. So it was a nice little pickup for a team to unload, uh, you know, Jesse Chavez. That's all I'm saying. Well, all right? Here's the guy I want from the Cubs. Uh, if you want James Shields, I want Alex Lang. And people don't know much about Alex Lang. Mm-hmm. Alex Lang was a first-round pick. They picked him 30th. They had some of those picks at the uh, um, near the end. I don't, I'm, um, actually, 30th, that would have just been their first pick. Um, 30th it, overall, right, yeah, in, one in the, the first round. Right. Yeah, Alex Lang is at uh, oh, A-ball. Yeah. yeah, I did read about six it. 6-6, and six, a 331 ERA, mm-hmm. 84 innings, 76 hits. His whip is 1.11. He has 18 walks and 76 strikeouts. Now, for those people who say, well, the Cubs don't have much in the minor league pitching-wise, they they don't in, in AAA, and the ones they do have are either hurt or suspended because of PEDs. But this kid, Alex Lang, keep an eye on him. And then there was another kid out of Ohio, uh, Oklahoma State. I kind of thought he was going to be up already. I, he must obviously have either gotten injured or hit a snag in his development mm-hmm. because, um, you know, they drafted him, and I thought he would be one of the guys um, to get up there. And I'm sure that Jed and Theo thought so, too, when they drafted him out of Oklahoma State. So here's the problem when, if you're the Cubs, the, and all you're pitching in the minors is at Class A. Yeah. That's three years away from helping you. Yep. So they're in a bind in that they don't have anyone, as you exactly pointed out, for they don't have, it doesn't appear much a double A or triple A uh-huh. pitching wise to feed the wave, waves of players coming, which is what we heard five, six years ago. So, all right, you don't want to be the 85 Bears. No, you, you don't. You don't want to win once. And then have everything else just years from now. You go, oh, Bryant, and you can write down your list of just one trip to the World Series. So right now, you're a guy like Theo, and you've got to start unloading. And again, there's nothing wrong with trading this Class A kid. Don't get me wrong. Right. Maybe they got bad medicals on them, but that would have been shared. Maybe this, you know, they can project. All right, in two, three years... We don't think he's going to fill out the upper chest. We don't think this is not going to progress. Okay, fine. There's a million things. I understand all that. But it's scary to start unloading all of your young guys. Therefore, the wave's not going to come. And mm-hmm. the wind waves and windows, remember that? Yeah. Yeah. And how long the window stays open? Nothing stays open forever. No, nope. right. Well, see, the thing is, too, they said sustained success. The Cubs have been in the uh, NLCS three years in a row. Maybe this is the year they don't get there. Yeah, I, they, I just think there, there's a better chance of them not making any moves and just uh, relying on what they have right now, and then worry about it making the team better if if they have to in the off season. We'll see what they. I also said thought the same thing last year, right before they made the Quintana trade. So. 
you know. Someone soon will say, maybe it's time to unload a few uh, big-name guys and build for the future. Nah. But they're in first place right now. Yeah, you're in first place. I you know. had a three-game lead over Milwaukee. They got no Milwaukee's starting... lost well, like, seven in a row. Right. They have zero starting pitchers right now that you can count on. Jesse in about a half hour. Murph and Fred... How about that goofy Bears press conference the other day? I was listening to it on, on ESPN mm-hmm. 1000. Couldn't hear. I couldn't hear the questions. It's 2018. They can't, can't afford microphones down there. Can't they? Everyone knows. The Bears it. bring all their equipment to Olivet Nazarene. They should have just had Olivet Nazarene set up the whole thing. Can't they get a boom microphone? Or tear uh, Randy Merkin away from uh, the TV watching golf and go down there and hold the boom? Oh, good. Randy's going to join us uh, later in the show. We'll talk a little golf. We got more bears, but mostly Cubs and Sox. Murph and Fred, stay dry. It's okay downtown right now. Hope they get that double bubble in at Wrigley Field. We are ESPN 1000. Mike Murphy. Fred Hubner back together on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. All right, we're at the 50-yard line, halfway home on a busy Saturday. Every Saturday, Mike Murphy and Fred Hubner, 9 till noon. So uh, probably Kyle Long just aches and pains. Take, take the day off, kid. Get, I don't get know. Feeling better? Yeah, these guys are getting way too many. They've been off for a while. Three months, two months. Unless it's something yeah. serious. If you're just joining us, we don't know good or bad, but he had the day off today. Yeah, right? we'll, keep, we'll keep it up. Uh, yeah, he's not practicing today. A lot of other people are. Mm-hmm. This uh, kid Anthony Miller looking really good, uh, good, catching passes from Trubisky and from Chase Daniel. Love it. Uh, so that's good. And uh, yeah, the people down in Bourbon A getting a show put on for him. Matt Nagy knows how to impress the fans for their very first chance to see him. Two hamstrings yesterday, Trevathan and uh, McManus, both on defense. Inside linebacker and uh, McManus, was he corner or safety? Or He's a, a special teams par excellence. Yeah, yeah exactly yep. right. Exactly. Northwestern kid. Hey, we're not going to get on the naggy, naggy, but you just said naggy. I've been saying naggy. I heard a sound bite the other day of uh, Mitch Trubisky. Uh-huh. Coach Nagy, Nagy. So, yeah. I'm going to say like the quarterback until someone tells me not to. Well, well, once, once Matt Nagy <laughs> said it didn't matter, it don't matter. That's Matt Nagy, you mean? He said it doesn't matter how you say it. I'm not going to worry about it. I say like the quarterback. I had other stuff to worry about. Let's bring EO11, Eric Ostrowski. What the fans uh, voted our last Twitter poll at 10 o'clock. For the Bears to go 8-8, eight eight, they have to win how many games in the division out of six? One, two, three, or four, the fans said. The lowest with 2% says just one game. Hmm. 17% saying they must win four games. Uh-huh. 32% says they must win two. And almost 50 with 49% saying they must win three divisional games. Yep. That's what Fred did. Well, Fred, did you stuff your ballot box? Yeah, uh, I can't wait for football to start. Um, yeah, I think they need to win three games. They got a tough, they have a tough schedule, man. And I don't like Detroit. I think they can sweep Detroit and take one, at least one game from you know, out of the four from Minnesota and Green Bay. So All right. I think they might be able to win four. Well, if you look at it that way, sweeping Detroit, that makes everything a lot makes easier. Makes it a lot easier, yeah. <laughs> I just don't think Detroit's that good, and I think the Bears are going to be a better team this year. USA Today, 
uh, just the other day, put their predictions in yeah. for the season, and they actually... Um, Let's see here. I oh, actually have yeah. it here. I got something on that too. Go ahead if you're done. They had the Bears finishing seven and nine, right? Uh, ahead of the Detroit Lions at six and ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had the Packers eleven and five with the Vikings winning the division at twelve and four. They had the uh, Falcons actually winning the Super Bowl over the Chargers, which is a little surprise to me. But um, you know, how did the Patriots not win? But uh, yeah, that's what USA Today had just the other day. It's really nice graphic, which I can't print up, so I have to watch it, look at it off my screen. Well, to dovetail that same topic, our guy Mark Potash, mm-hmm. sometimes he had a piece the other day, and he gave some attribution to our own Jeff Dickerson also. So that was what I'm sorry. Give me the number. You just uh, yeah, the Bears at seven and seven nine, and nine. Seven and nine. Uh, uh, Detroit six and ten, with the Vikings winning the division okay. twelve and four. So check this out. Uh, JD and uh, Potash, they looked at the beat reporters from the other 31 NFL teams around the uh, league, right? And each reporter had to do the thing, how's our home team going to do over the 16 games? Win, win, lose, win, right. win, lose. You know, we, we know that. Everybody hates doing that, but yeah. But here, did you hear it? Did you see this no, one? I didn't. Did you hear this? Every one of the Bears' opponents, all right? Oh, yeah, I did six, see this. 16 yeah. games. Yeah. Put down a W. Yeah, when against they the Bears. The Bears. Uh-huh. So that's zero sixteen. Right. The B reporters from the teams playing the Bears this year have the Bears going zero sixteen. Yeah. This was the seven and nine from USA Today. Yeah. USA Today listed the seven and nine. Three three two three seven seven six. Yeah. Uh, and also, you know, oh, uh, yeah. you know, our, our thoughts and prayers going out to uh, JD and his family. His wife is struggling with uh, an illness, and uh, JD's taking some time away. Uh, so, you know, everybody. Um, you know, prayers help. They've helped me, and uh, they've helped my wife a little bit. Heck, they've helped Murph. Yeah. So, uh, you know, hopefully the same thing out there for J.D. and his family as he takes care of business uh, before he gets yeah. back out to following the Bears on a regular basis. We're all thinking of you, Jeff. Yeah. Um, hey, are you looking for a neighborhood gem of a restaurant? You know I always am. You know the place, cozy atmosphere, great menu, um, not an easy find. Well, it's right there. How, what do you mean not an easy find? It's right there, downtown Westmont. Can't miss it. It's on cast. Called Vincitori. That's right. Vincitori Italian cuisine served in a casual trattoria setting in the heart of Westmont. Vincitori's menu with great pastas, mm. all homemade, seafood, steaks, yep. veal, chops, salads, all prepared daily, featuring owner and chef Bob's individual style. Bob. Now, he puts the grilled calamari on flash-fried spinach. Yeah. And the people like the flash-fried spinach so much, they actually ask for that as a side. Been there, done that. Oh, Fred. my Lord. Dana and I were there yeah. with you and Pat. Unbelievable yeah. place. Head yeah. to Vincitore tonight. Feast on some incredible Italian dishes paired with tantalizing wine. For reservations, info, and Check out some salivating photos also. Head mm. to Vincitori. That's V-I-N-C-I-T-O-R-I.com. So, Talk to Chef Bob. Tell him we sent you. Hi, Bob. So, uh, Cardinals uh, get 18 runs. The Cubs get five. But those things happen. What you have to do is throw that away and then take three out of five from the Cardinals. You know, minimum. That's what you want to do. Or four out of five. If they get, if they can't get this 
well, not raining now. Last thing you need is when it's, there's a doubleheader of rain. Right. Because then it backs up, stacks up, and then you got a lot of trouble. The Brewers also lose yesterday. That was the Dodger uh, game with Manny Machado. Uh, I made it close. Kenley Jansen had some struggles in that last inning. Uh-huh. And uh, there was a flyout back to the warning track to end the game, and uh, the Dodgers hang on to a 6-4 win. Yeah, Manny was uh, two for, he had two heads and two walks, uh, and uh, the Dodgers get a win. So the Cubs stay three games ahead of Milwaukee. Doubleheader today, so anything can happen. The Cubs right now, you cannot count on any of their, uh, you know, five-man rotation. So maybe Come on, you got are, Chatwood going today. Chatwood today, 3-5 and five with a 5.04 earned run average. And then Monty going today. Game two, Monty's 3-3, three and 3.91. Three, All five of the Cubs starting pitchers right now, zero confidence in any of them. You can't replace five starting pitchers. So someone, or two or three or four or five, better pick it up. A rare, rare Saturday night game at the friendly confines. Here's the other thing. All the talk this week, you know, fans, oh, they got to back, they got to make a big trade. Well, fine. Who wouldn't want to make a big trade? DeGrom's out there, probably the best pitcher in the game right now, out there in the sense that the training deadline's coming up. The best pitcher in the game right now, not pitching for the Astros. Okay. Because they've got the other five. Well, the Grom's right there, and then the I rest know. of the... the I know. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. But it, it cracks me up. People saying, uh, even our guy Jesse, you know, well, you know, you can package up. Okay, package up, you know. Let's sit around here and uh, trade baseball cards, right? Like kids. Oh, you can package up a hat. Russell Montgomery. All right. That's fine. The reason, one of the main reasons the Cubs do what they do is Joe Madden's ability, whether you like managers or you don't, you like him, you don't, he keeps his guys rested by rotating starting players. It's not like Leo DeRocher anymore where you play everybody 162 games and they run out of gas a lot, okay? Times are different. Yeah, they're taking private jets. Hap. See, okay, so fine. All right, fine. You trade Hap and you trade Russell and you throw in Montgomery. Well, now you're still a pitcher short because Montgomery is in your rotation. Yep. Don't forget that. Mm-hmm. Number two, Russell and Hap. All right, we get by without him. Well, number one, that means Baez plays literally every day at short for the rest of the year. Well, until, you know, you want to give him a rest, you, you put Bodie at short and you put uh, Zobrist at second. All right, you like the sound of Bodie at short? It's not the worst thing in the world. How do you know? You can put Zobrist at short. No, that would be the worst thing in the world. Okay. You don't put a 37-year-old if you can help it. Now you there. trade half. Yeah, the ball the other day, there was a ball, a line drive up the middle that Baez went off the glove. Had it. Yeah, that went All off right. the glove and Zobrist. They go, ah, Baez would have had so that. You that play... was yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah, so you yeah. want to play Baez 162 games? Well, no. Yeah, you, don't do... you can't do that anymore. 150. All right. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Now, you trade, you throw in Hap, right? Now, all of a sudden, you don't have that rotation where you start Hap two out of every four days. Uh-huh. You play him in left. You play him in center. You give a day off at second base. He plays a nice third base. It sounds so simple. All right, give him Russell. Give him Hap. Give him Montgomery. We got DeGrom. Great. And then you know what? Then you got nothing but you're going to run the same seven guys, eight, seven guys out there every day until their tongues are hanging out. Just saying, it sounds good on paper. You have to make sure then you have to make another deal by July 31st to replace a guy like Hap and replace a guy 
like Russell and replace Montgomery because you're still going to be a pitcher short. But what do I know? I'm just a Cub fan. <sighs> Fred, let's talk socks when we return. Then Jesse in a few minutes. We're busy. Glad you're with us. Murph and Fred, vote right now. Our Twitter polls hopping. Who is the most key to the Bears season this year? The Bears coaching staff or the Bears players? <laughs> That'll be up Fred's can. Vote now at ESPN 1000. Dan Ryan, it's a white room, white socks, uh, black or white and black, like your uniform, your jersey, rather, you're wearing today, Fred. Yep. White room, black curtains right there near the kinda end. I'm kind of hoping they get a win. They scored a run in the first inning, and then no uh, more. No uh, more. The uh, Mariners play a pretty nice brand of ball out there in Seattle. But James... I'm getting a little tired. I'm getting a little tired also of uh, Yohan Moncada dropping the bat after he gets called out on strikes. You know what? I didn't you're, see that. You're a rookie. Deal with it. Hit the damn ball. You know. You know. Sometimes you don't want a guy swinging outside of the zone. Mm-hmm. But if it's close enough to be called a strike, you're going to have to learn to start hitting these things. Otherwise, we're just going to keep punching you out. So big James Shields last night trade value. I don't want to say skyrocketing, but maybe it is this time of the year, which would help uh, Rick Hahn maybe get something, you know, back, a double-A, uh, you know, good prospect uh, or more. Well, what do you think of this? Or more. What do you think of this? Yeah. This, according to MLB.com's Richard Justice, who covers the Houston Astros, said the Astros have expressed interest in potentially dealing for White Sox first baseman Jose Abreu. Who could he rake in that park? Now, I was one for the longest time. I was saying I wouldn't trade him. I know Houston's got a lot of prospects, mm-hmm. and if Houston wants Jose Abreu, Rick Hahn's got to get one of their prospects. I, now, it's not going to be Kyle Tucker. I He's the guy that they wanted before when they were trying to get Cantata to go down to Houston and bring a Kyle Tucker up. That didn't work. Tucker's now up with the big club. But if um, you know you want to move Jose Abreu down to Houston and get some one or two of their prospects. That would not be a bad idea. When will you get more for him in the upcoming offseason? Yeah, about, about a month and a half ago, because he's been brutal the last month and a half. Well, that, yeah, that's bad timing, right? I know. It's, it's t- that That's not good for Rick Hahn, because he has not been good the last month and a half. Or you can wait till the offseason, or keep him next year, and then he's a free agent at the end of the season next year, and maybe you re-sign him. You'd like to get something for him if you're not, again, I'm not saying if you're not planning in 18 months or whatever to re-sign him, then you got to see what you can get, right? There's a lot of guys, there's a lot of dead weight in this current team, and I hate to say that, but mm-hmm. Matt Davidson's got to go. He, we, yeah. Matt Davidson had a little streak early in the season. Yeah, four homers in the first uh, what, yeah, week. In, in, in Kansas City, but Matt Davidson can't hit. He cannot consistently hit. It's yeah. a shame. Nice guy. But, uh, yeah, you, you can't. He's not going to be here when this team is going to get good. And some uh, White Sox notes. Uh, down on the farm. You don't hear that phrase much anymore, Fred. Down in the minor leagues, Eloy uh, is number two overall prospect in all of the minor leagues, MLB pipeline. Uh, homered twice and a double for Charlotte. But we didn't mention this one earlier, Fred. Right-hander Michael Kopech who has struggled uh, with his command, 
had his second straight dominant outing. Yep. Last night. Class, two, night, two nights ago for him. Okay, thank you. Class Triple yeah. A Charlotte, yes, on Thursday. Uh, in his last two outings, here's the key Kopech has struck out 20 in his last two outings and walked just two. That's big. Yeah, that'd be 10 to 1 ratio yeah. in my head right there. Did that. Uh, allowing uh, just two Ernie's earned runs in 12 innings. That's what you need. You know, we talked, uh, I think we talked last week, and if we didn't bring it up, that I brought it up during the week this week. And Bill Melton, Melton, Bill Melton said after one of Ronaldo Lopez's outings, he said Lopez is going to struggle until he comes up with a third pitch. Yeah. And what the White Sox have constantly said about Michael Kopech is that they don't want to bring him up until he's feel until he feels good about his breaking ball. Mm-hmm. Until he can get his breaking ball over for strikes, they don't want to bring him up. They know he can throw the fastball and get it by people. Right. But he's got to be able to have that other pitch to become a big starter. And there's you know, now all the questions are coming up. What do you bring these guys up? Because Rick Khan said last year with um Yuan Moncada, well he had nothing left to prove in the minors. Well Yuan Moncada also had already played in the big leagues. Right. So calling him up didn't mean you're gonna lose a, a year of surface. But with Eloy Jimenez and with Kopech, bringing him up now at the end of this year would mean that. The other thing on that very topic, Fred, that people reject out of hand when I bring it up, but I'll do it anyway. You could bring up these two guys, Kopech and Eloy, September 1st. Yeah. That's 30 days on the clock. Then, here's where it gets interesting, next April 1st, opening day, you don't bring them up. For instead of the two weeks that like Bryant, yeah, month and a half, six six weeks, weeks, and you'd still then keep the service time, and you wouldn't bring him up right away on opening day. That's a possibility. Cold weather, and you know, come up now, September. I don't understand why that's all. I'm laughed at, rejected at. I'll stick with it. Someone someday, maybe they haven't thought of it yet. Whatever. Uh, What were our final votes right here, EO Eleven? Before we go to Jesse Rogers at the top of the hour. Uh, which is more key for the 2018 Bears, not the 2019 Bears, or the 2020 Bears? This year's Bears, What's more? which is more key? A, the Bears coaching staff. B, the Bears players. I know it's going to be 90 to 10 players. Just something tells me. I'm that, going 95 to 10 players. All right, I'm, I, I'm voting or 95 for, to 5. I think this new coaching staff, everyone's underrating it. All these new coaches, the new regime. Get all that Deadwood coaching out of, out of here, for goodness sakes. Working on the new offense. I just think that this is going to be, but it's 95 to 5. Is that true? What it is there, Eric? It's 70 to 30 players okay. get the edge. All right, I okay. understand. I fully understand. I didn't vote that way, but that's just me. Jesse, next. Vote now. Here's our Twitter poll question for 11 a.m. Oh, this is simple. Javi Baez is untouchable. Yes or no? Vote now at ESPN 1000. Three. Miss a little, miss a lot if you weren't here. A lot of Sox talk, a lot of Cubs talk, Bears talk, but one minute away from Jesse Rogers. The vote right now, our Murph and Fred Fan Focus Group Twitter poll currently is very simple. Vote yes, vote no. Javi Baez is un. 
untouchable, in quotes. Did you put the quotes on the uh, computer where you put it out there in quotes, EL11? I don't think I did put the quotes in. Let me double check. Yeah, you figured, why is Murph putting these quotes in at midnight last night? He must be, must be in his second martini by now. Javi you Baez. said you don't drink on Friday well, night. Check that. I did put the quotes in. God love there you. There it is. But Saturday night, I make up for it. Yeah. All right. Uh, you know what time it is right now? It's time, A, for you to vote at ESPN 1000. And it's Saturday. And you know what? He's always at the park. of a party yesterday, unless you were a Redbird fan, 18 to 5. But like Joe Madden would say, I'm going to throw that in the lake. Well, forget about it. Let's bring in Jesse. He just talked to the skipper. Probably, probably he said, oh, I, I recognize you, Jesse. Didn't I write a book with you many years ago? Yeah, that's me. That's me, skipper. <laughs> hey, hey, Jesse, good morning, buddy. Good morning, Murph and Fred. Let me let me say uh, real quick about yesterday's game. Yeah. Murph, feel like this. It, it, th- yesterday's game was the baseball gods sending Jed and Theo and the team a message. They were saying two things. Yep. One, you can't rely on one starting pitcher to get you through this thing because he's going to have his bad days. John Lester had a bad day. The other message was, you can't keep coming back. I'm going to give you a 10-run deficit, a 13-run deficit. Try to come back from that. You can't keep winning games and come from behind fashion. Those are the two messages the baseball gods were sending this team, and I hope those starting pitchers got it because it seems like it's in a little bit of a disarray right now. Well, I'm very proud of Jesse. He learned at my knee about 50 years ago at the other radio station that starting rotation right now, we almost, in fact, we almost got rid of your opening theme song there, the Hey Jesse. We almost, we were talking about the starting pitching, and I said, here's the theme song from now on for Jesse Rogers' starting pitchers. Oh, yes, we got trouble, trouble, trouble. Oh, yes, we got trouble. Yeah, yeah. Starting pitchers around MLB by July 31st. I thought it said he it, it, it stands for poo the way the pitchers are pitching. I wasn't well, sure. It, it probably and is that L in there. And Jesse, the starting rotation right now, you can't count on any of them. I'm not saying in a week they won't turn it around, though it doesn't look very good. But right now, you cannot count on any of the five or six, however many we have, counting Darvish. Right. It, it feels that way, and the reality is really matching it up. And, you know, I, uh, I, I'm sure you guys talked about the, the rotation coming out of the break. I was real interested in how much rest they were going to give some of these guys. And, and this is why Joe was so upset about playing on Thursday. It meant regular rest for Hendricks. It meant regular rest for whoever pitched last Sunday, which happened to be John Lester. Now, I think he deserved the most rest, but they gave it to Jose Quintana, and I asked Joe about that today, and he said he needed it the most, a little shoulder fatigue. He needed to work on a couple pitches, especially his changeup. So that's why Quintana pitched last Tuesday, and he's not pitching until tomorrow, where a guy like Lester, who's in his 30s, who's the workhorse, he had a pitch on regular rest coming out of the All-Star break. That's not great. And he also slipped in today, guys. This is why the time of year he'd love to add a sixth starter. And then he says, I'm not saying we're doing that. Because you don't have a six. You don't have five. So 
if even if he wanted to, he can't do it right now. So they really need to get these guys to turn things around. All right, hold that thought. What Jesse's on here is sort of inside baseball, sort of down in the weeds, but I think our listeners can handle something like this. I have faith. Fred, Jesse, here's what it is exactly. So you have the uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off for the All-Star break, as Jesse's mentioning. You come back a day earlier than everybody else. Nobody cares. No one's crying for you. The Cubs had to play on Thursday. But it used to be that way all the time. It's, okay, just, it's right. been different the last couple of exactly. years. But now, let's look at this in detail real quick, everybody. Normally, five-man rotation, very simple. You get four days off and you pitch. Four days off and you pitch. All right, that's simple. So... With the days off, they could have juggled anything they wanted. Here's what they opted to do. Hendricks, Thursday, on four days, normal rest. Friday, yesterday, Lester, on four days, normal rest. You got the doubleheader today. Here's what Jesse's talking about. Montgomery, today, nine days rest. Chapman, today, seven days rest. Quintana, Sunday, 11, not EO 11, 11 days rest. Now, here's what they could have done, fellas. They could have pitched Quintana Thursday on 8. They could have pitched then uh, Hendricks Friday on 5. Give them an extra day. They could have pitched Lester today on 5, along with Monty on 9 and Chatty on 8. But here's what I think. Now, you can call this a conspiracy theory. Lester had, and God love it, they raised money for uh, a, a, a great cause. They had their big party. It's sanctioned with the Cubs. It's advertised on all the TV and radio Cub broadcasts yesterday during the day at Joe's on Weed Street. This is fine. Lester is the front man for this. So these things have to be set up, Fred, Jesse, months and months in advance. It's a big yeah. thing. It's a big thing. So... They look at the calendar, and it's the fifth one now, I believe. They look at the calendar, okay, we got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of All-Star break. That means uh, uh, Les can pitch on th- Thursday, uh, Wednesday or Thursday. But we don't want to pitch him Saturday because he's going to be out late Friday night. I'm not saying he's doing anything wrong. I'm not saying anything. But a starting pitcher, usually you want to have a nice, peaceful Day, night, before you start. Hell, they fly guys out of town to the next town, so he's there a day early. Jesse, I just hope this is not what happened. Because to not give Hendricks at least one extra day, and to not give Lester one extra day, and to give us all this pablum puking double talk about Quintana, all right, he would have eight days. Eleven, I don't If his arm's that tired, then you know what? You're in trouble anyway. Chatwood? All right. Seven, Montgomery, nine. You're telling me that the two most important pitchers, Hendricks and Lester, come back on regular, normal four? And it better not be, again, it better not be, because of the function, Lester, they didn't think it was a good idea to pitch Saturday, uh, you know, at, at uh, was that a noon game originally, right? This, the doubleheader came later, so this was planned in advance. They didn't want a noon, uh, oh no, it would have been 120. 120, That's right. same difference. So anyway, Jesse, I don't know about the conspiracy, but you'll never convince me that Hendricks and Lester should not have been given an extra day or two off after the All-Star break shoehorned in somehow. Let me respond. I, I think you're, 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 you're around it. You're right there. Uh, first of all, there was no way he was going to pitch the first game here. 
after the charity event. You're right about that. Now, could he have pitched the second game? Maybe. Certainly could have pitched Sunday. But I will say, Montgomery was a guy that I had my eye on. He definitely needed the rest. I, I could, you could make a case for Quintana, too. The point is, I'm not worried too much about Hendricks. That's fine. He can go on regular. But Chatwood could have gone yesterday. And Lester tonight or tomorrow and Montgomery today and Katana tonight. Well, you know what I mean? Like sure. they could have they could have found a way to give Lester more rest mm-hmm. and, and still still some distance from the charity event while also giving Montgomery I really felt like he did need the nine. And you're right, maybe instead of four and eleven, you know what I'm saying, for Katana, make it five for Lester and ten or something like Here's that. Here's what five it could have nine. been. It could have been eight, five, five, nine, eight for Katana. Yeah, yeah. Hendricks, Lester, Montgomery, and Chet in that order. No one had to pitch on regular rest. It's the all-star break. You get an extra day or two or more off. I, anyway, they did what they did. So the yeah. uh, lineup's in for today. Rizzo, what's this, about game six in a row now in uh, the top of the order? Yep. yep, six in San Diego and these three. Great, thanks, Fred. Rizzo, Hap, Hayward, Zobrist, Baez, Schwarber, Caratini, La Stella, Chatwood. Now here's the question. Game two, you got 12 guys, you got 12 position players, you got uh, the catchers, you got eight position players starting. That means you got four guys on the bench. That means four guys got to start both games. Let's play a little game here, Jesse Fred. Four of these starters, game one, have to start game two. You know Joe, you've seen how he works his out. Rizzo, Hap, Hayward, Zobrist, Baez, Schwarber, Caratini catching La Stella Chatwood. Four of these guys have to start. That's the way the numbers work. Four of these guys have to start game two. Joe's going to start Caratini game two at first base. I don't think so. I think that's why he pulled Rizzo early yesterday. Hmm. He pulled Rizzo early yesterday, right, Jess? Rizzo wanted to yeah, pitch he and he did. pulled him early. I think he pulled him yeah. early so we can go both games All right, today. Jesse. Who's going to play? Well, let me give you. Let me give yeah. you some insight if you want. Right. Uh, he did. He pulled. Why would we want? Game. Why would we want you on for insight? <laughs> Just kidding. He, Don't he let the facts a, get in the way of a good story. He pulled a few guys yesterday that were going to definitely play in the early game today. So that's one reason, Rizzo. And you're you're partially right. Both of you actually. Madden indicated he actually wasn't positive he might pull Rizzo after game one. He kind of wavered this morning. So, Murph, I think you're on the right track. I think mm. he'd like to give him that second day off, uh, the second game off. Maybe maybe it depends on how things go. I don't know. But you're right. Caratini very well could play first base in game two. Now, I think the obvious one is bias. He's going to go back to second. He'll play twice. Um, my guess would be probably Schwarber and Hayward are the other two. Unless he throws Happ in there somehow instead of Schwarber game two. Well, yeah, anyway, exactly, yeah. Anyway, that's what Joe does. That's why all week, and I mentioned this earlier, Jesse, miss a little, miss a lot. I mentioned, <laughs> I mentioned earlier that, uh, you know, it's, it sounds great. You know, let's, let's, let's make the trade for that big starting pitcher, which they need. You know, give him Happ. I uh, give him Russell. I uh, give him Montgomery. Okay, fine. You get a, a number one and number two, maybe whatever. But then, you got to replace Hap. You still got to replace Russell. You're not going to run these guys like Leo DeRocher 162 games a year because that's what Joe does. He gives guys days off. It sounds great. And all right, back up the truck. Russell, Hap, Montgomery. We got it. DeGrom. We got whoever. Then all of a sudden, you know what? We're going to bring up the Triple A guys to be there and start. Uh, it's not as easy as it sounds, is it? 
Well, of course not, Murph. But just think about those days DeGrom would be pitching. <laughs> you know, you might be winning two to nothing, and it doesn't matter who's in there. So, I mean, there's always the sure. good side right. to the bad. And remember, David Bodie has emerged. He comes up, and he's he, he and Lestella are your extra infielders there with Zobrist and Bryant having the ability to play outfield. I mean, right. the point is right. a lot of a lot of World Series winners have less depth than the Cubs do. And you, and this is look. I'm sure this is keeping Theo and Jed up at night. What balance do we want? Do we want that 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 special strength on offense that we have, that depth, and and try to get by with these starting pitchers, you know, re- returning to form, or do we want to help those starters and help this team and get a little weaker in the depth? I mean, it's a tough call. Um, and the thing is, you know, you've spent so much asset, so many assets and money on pitching already. Are you going to go to the well again? I don't know the answer. We've got two weeks to find out. You know, uh, Jesse Chavez is a guy, I know you guys had a chance to talk to him. He was a starter with the Angels last year. This year he's been exclusively a reliever for Texas. Can he, if in fact they need someone to start, can he do it or does he need to be stretched out? What did he have to say about that or did that come up today when you talked to him? Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, right now relieving like everyone that, that can do both, he prefers starting. Um, I don't think Joe's going to use him in a starting role anytime soon. They have an opening Monday, but it won't be Chavez. I think he would need to be uh, stretched out a little bit. They're just not going to plop him in. So the point is he can do it. It's like what Luke Farrell's been doing. He can do it, but it's not your preference right now. So we'll see how things play along, play out here. But like I said, you know they love it this time of year to go to six men, but they can't even 5-5. Five, five. So I'm not sure they're ever going to have a six-man rotation this year. I love Chavez. He's, I didn't know much about him. Looked up all the numbers. He's having a career year. He's a, uh, you know, don't say it again. Rubber, he's a rubber arm. Everybody is. But you know what? Yeah. You need a rubber arm out there. He's a uh, two in, He's at 30 games in the bullpen, 60, almost 60 innings. So, you know, unlike a CJ, you know, CJ Edwards, let's talk about that. Without Morrow right now, fellas. And, you know, Joe's going to uh, mix and match out there. I hate the phrase uh, bullpen by committee. It's bullpen by matchup, which I think sounds more like what the real truth is, you know. And C.J. Edwards, you got Strope, you got Wilson uh, out there, you got the the C-Sheck. But here's the thing about C.J. Edwards, and I think you guys will agree. If you use C.J. Edwards more than one inning every other day, you're going to regret it. He's a one-inning guy and he can't come back two days in a row, which does handcuff you, but he's lights out if you use him that way. Jesse, is that how you read C.J. Edwards? 100%. I think you're right. I think it obviously points to his body type. You know, he's just a little less, I don't know, stronger than than, than yeah. the average guy. Mm-hmm. And it just Yeah, I agree with you. You may have to do it in a playoff spot. You may have to do it here and there. But the preferable method is exactly what you said. Every other day for one inning, Get in, get out, get his three strikeouts, because anything other than that, sitting down, getting back up, two in a row, whatever it is, it, it usually doesn't go as well. In fact, there was a velocity drop in the second inning yesterday after he sat down. And I, I talked to him about it, or the other day, whatever day it was. Yeah. I talked to him about it. He's like, it, that is something you'd sort of have to get used to, sitting down, the adrenaline drop. Joe talks about this often. Then you go back out there to start a new inning. you got to get that energy back instead of coming in the middle inning when your adrenaline's going. So he's not quite there yet, and maybe his body type will never allow him to be as successful being worked the way you're talking about, Murph. Should Cub fans worry more about Brandon Morrow? Uh, yeah, I guess if you're not already worried. But you know, <laughs> this, is all, this is stuff we all could have predicted in the offseason. 
look, the two guys that have been up and down the most, Darvish and Morrow, both played into the seventh game of the World Series. Um, and we know from last year what that means to a pitching staff. So it's not shocking. Um, I think you should have expected it. Now, if he's not available at the most important time of the year, then it's, it's almost a bad signing. I wouldn't call it a bad signing right now, but if he's not available in September and October at his peak, then it's a bad signing because that's, that's the whole thing, right? That's why any sure. of these guys are here. So let's keep an eye on it. But, yes, you should be a little worried because he's up and down, up and down. What if his next down spiral or his last down spiral, whatever injury, is in October? That's, that, would be a, that would be a devastating moment for the Cubs to not have him. Jesse, uh, we're not going to replay the uh, great song from the music man, Trouble. But you know what? Things right now, they're in first place, three games in front of Milwaukee, everything on paper, you know, standings. But it looks good. I mean, they do have trouble. Let's, let's zero in real quick, fellas, on Lester and Hendricks. Now, I know that there's services now and they've got all the analytics and the, and the video and they can say, well, you know what? Your two seamer used to uh, come back, uh, five and a half inches. Now it's coming back four inches. I, I don't look that up. I use my eyeballs. I'm watching Hendricks. I call it the Greg Maddox two seam comeback, right? Everyone knows the Greg Maddox two seam comeback. You throw it towards the lefty's belt buckle. It, tickles the inside corner you do the same thing you throw that pitch to a righty and it comes in on him to me and i maybe it's somewhere you could pull it up right now for all i know eo 11 fred but his two seam comeback maddox pitch is not coming back quite as much now that's devastating because that's what gets guys out i know a little bit about from reading about greg maddox for years and you guys have all read it the pressure point of the fingertips that Maddox would apply to the release of the ball made the ball do what it did. All I know is, and I brought this up every 30, 45 days, Jesse, and you know, of course, you're going to hear it again right now. Last year, Hendricks had some kind of finger or tendon, tendonitis, carpal tunnel on one of the right fingers on his throwing hand and it kept him put him on the dl he came back he was lights out what is wrong with hendrix because everything else we're hearing is just double talk then i don't know and i haven't asked him recently about an injury or the finger but i did probably a month ago maybe five weeks ago he said he was fine he was struggling then he's struggling now Either he's not telling the truth or it is just mechanically not getting locked in. Well, which the could it be? Thing. I mean, he's not going to say, know. oh, yeah, Jesse, you want me to break a scoop for you? I mean, maybe he will. God love you. You have contacts like nobody else. But well, something's up. Well, I'll say this. Sometimes you can you can read between the lines on a guy. Last Sunday when Brandon Morrow told me it's just baseball, when I said why the velocity dropped, mm-hmm. I knew he was hiding something. Sure. And I joked and I talked to him about it today. He goes, yeah, I'm sorry. I had to. I didn't want to reveal anything until I knew. Hendricks, I don't see that same sort of, um, you know, uh, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> white lie. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't feel it. But that doesn't mean it's not there. Um, and may, maybe it's there so minuscule to him that he doesn't feel like it's an injury, but it's affecting him much more than he even knows. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know the answer because you're right. This is a guy that won the ERA title in '16. And for, I don't know, 90% of his starts this year, 80%, he doesn't look like that guy. He's had one good one, one great one, which means it's in him, 
But I, I'm with you, Murph. I don't know what's going on. It could certainly be that finger. The ball's not moving. Again, I don't have the video graphics, and I know that there's services that do that. If the Cubs do it themselves, they're certainly not going to broadcast it or publish it or anything like that. Now, same type of thing, not the finger, or the, but Lester, his two-seam cutter. The one that he throws as a lefty, down and into the righty, or the ones he threw to Carpenter yesterday, to me again, doesn't look like it's got the same bite that it did. Now, I'm not saying it's a finger or a... I think that, you know, hey, you get tired, it's a long season, but I don't think that ball's moving the same either, Jesse, just me. Again, I agree with you, and I think this is it. He just needs it to move enough to compete. You know what I'm saying? It's not going to look... Like any of the you know the great ones in the game right now, but he needs it just a little bit better so he can get himself out of a jam. I think he's going to have a little tough stretch and then find that second wind when they need him. So I don't worry too much about him, but right now I would a little bit because he's the only thing going well. And when he goes south like he did yesterday, they really can't count on anybody. I would not be surprised if he had mm, three to four more, two to three more starts that were kind of okay but he starts to climb back to up that ladder. He just needs it to move a little bit more than he's getting, and he'll be able to compete with it. But you're not wrong, Murph. It's not mm. quite there right now, and it hasn't been for a little while. <sighs> you know what? I love talking to you, but now I'm worn out, Fred. I mean, I'm thinking about right now. I you got, got no lightning round questions? Well, we do, but we're up against the clock. You know, you mean uh, the <laughs> <laughs> lightning round. All right, Jesse. I love that song. I don't have any. I just love this song. No, I do. Lightning round. Number one. As crazy as it sounds, do the Cubs match up better for a big trade? Like, you know, not saying DeGrom, but do they match up better for the big trade? You know, they got Happ and you throw out Russell and Happ. And, then they would actually do for like a, a, a Zach Britton, you know, a smaller type of trade where a team like the Orioles wants minor leaguers. You see, here's what I'm saying. The Mets, a team like the Mets, they don't want to rebuild in New York City. They want a guy like a Happ and or and a Russell and or, you know, a Montgomery. The Orioles, they don't want those three guys, I'm guessing. They want some kids. And not Class A kids, Double A, Triple A, ready to go kids. So could it be the Cubs actually match up better on that big trade than a trade with a small market rebuilding team like the Orioles? It's a good question. I'll say this: yes and no. In a vacuum, yes, because they could easily they have the talent to trade two major leaguers or three for Degrom. But in reality, that might be too much off their team. Mm. So you're right. The match might be right. Now, having said that, yep. last year, Jamer Candelario got them Justin Wilson, right? That was basically the deal. Mm-hmm. So why can't, why can't David Bodie get you a similar type of reliever? But you, you don't know. Last year, maybe nobody else was interested in Justin Wilson. This year, everybody's interested in Zach Britton. So every, every year is different. But I think David Bodie has yeah. turned, I've talked to scouts, he's turned into a little bit of a piece here, yes. but not one that's going to get you anything better than a B, B type of reliever, I think. And congratulations to the Cubs of scouting for finding him. He's a terrific young player, but I don't know he's an everyday player, but here's what he can do. He can hit. 
At least right now. Who knows what's going to happen? And he happen. can field. And, and well, he can field. Yes, that's the key, Jesse. Our terrific. He's made plays at third base that your eyes pop out. And you'll know this more than, but I heard Joe on one of his radio shows somewhere, and he said, Bodie, this is a quote, Fred, they tell me that Bodie is a very good second baseman. Now, he doesn't look like he's tall, lanky, and Joe's, who's ever seen him play second other than the Cubs' own minor league, you know, scouting, mm-hmm. their own their own people, and you got to trust your own people. So, Jesse, if he can play a good defensive second base, we know he can play lights out third base, and it looks like he can hit a little bit. Well, he's got value. You're exactly right. Listen to this. The other day, he started his second game in left field this season, 40th of his career, but just the second this season. You can't tell me in late July he's starting in the outfield and it's just a coincidence, right? Scouts at that game, if he can play third, second, and any out, or at least the corner outfield, value rises even more. All right, Jesse, vote right now. Should we have Randy Merkin on in about five minutes to talk golf? Tiger's the story. Uh, vote right now. Do you want him on? Should you have him on? The ratings will drop tremendously. In five minutes, yes or no? Should we have our assistant program director get him off on a couch at home and talk golf? Yes or no? Not if you want your ratings to stay anywhere above (laughs) sea level. No way. Good job. Go go see Jesse in his garage, and he'll sell you a book. It's a long day, Jess. Enjoy yourself. Thanks, Jesse. I will. I'll be thinking of you two the whole day. Go take a three-hour nappy from about three till six, okay? Well, that's a good idea now that you mention it. Yeah. Take care. See, See you, Jess. Jesse Rogers, Murph, and Fred. I know we're late. Oh, my goodness. We're trying to cover everything with Jesse. How long is this segment right now? <laughs> what is the next commercial? Right now, Brendan Marshall. That's back right. in a flash, ESPN 1000. Let's go golfing. Have a couple, a couple of tequilas makes my uh, game even better, Fred. Oh, before we go and talk golf, nothing uh, could we, make it worse. We just got to mention that uh, as we talked about a little earlier, Kyle Long missed practice today. It was a scheduled day off for good, him. Good. Outside linebacker Aaron Lynch, though he uh, had a hamstring injury. Oh, come on, uh, he was absent. This is the third time Lynch has missed time due to an injury since the uh, veteran camp in April. He's the starting uh, left well, outside he's the linebacker. Went, he's the guy that went and got. We'll see if he starts or not. Well, I mean, that's what they thought. That's, that's why. They Penciled in. Wow. Oh, man. Uh, Let's get the final votes in for our 11 o'clock Twitter poll question. Javi Baez is, in quotes, not air quotes, real quotes, he's untouchable, yes or no. Let's bring in EO11. Eric, what did the fans say? Two-thirds of the fans, 75%. Sorry, that would be three-fourths of the fans, fractions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm saying Javi Baez is untouchable. All right. You know what? No, as they always say, no one's untouchable. Bias for Degrom, straight up, untouchable. I wouldn't do it. <laughs> okay, would you? Yeah, yeah. In a minute, I would too. Javi Bias, yes. In a minute, De- Degrom's probably about one month away from elbow uh, surgery. For all we know, if you're playing that game, then Bias is one play from no. diving and dislocating <laughs> no, 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 his no. thumb. Like you can't play that. I don't like ring the, your bell. No, what if? That's not the. That's not the point. <laughs> the point is starting pitchers break down. And regular everyday players 
usually don't. So, in fact, I know. Let's bring in a baseball expert who also poses as a golf expert. He doesn't uh, pose as an assistant PD. He is an assistant PD. Our assistant program director. He's no poser. He's Randy Merck and Randy Murph and Fred. Thanks for joining us. Boys, how are you? Well, uh, Randy, as soon as we decided to get you on, uh, Tiger bogeyed, and then all of a sudden everybody else started shooting good rounds. Uh, yeah. Thanks for, yeah, I, thanks I, for I joining heard, us. Bye-bye. I heard you say you were voting whether to have me on. I voted for no. <laughs> <laughs> but as a Cub fan... Well, as a Cub fan, I, I'm, you know, again, out of step Charlie. I said, I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't trade Javi Baez straight up for no, a start. No, I would, I would not trade Javi Baez. There's my guy. For DeGrom. Yeah. No. No chance. No, no chance. You can't do okay. that. I'm, to, I'm totally with you, Murph. De, DeGrom could be a next start away from breaking down again. And I think we're just starting to see how special Javi yeah. Baez is. I would not, I would not make that. And you're not even old enough to remember Lou Brock with the Cubs. But let's talk golf with our guy, Randy Merck. All right, uh, Randy, you've been uh, watching all morning on your couch. You put your uh, pants on about an hour ago, finally. Uh, what's going on? Give all our golf fans out there a quick update on what's uh, occurring. All right, Murph, I'll give you a quick update. Uh, the conditions are pristine for the British Open. There's not a ton of wind. Uh, it might get a little worse as these guys hit the back nine. Basically, if you want to get your scoring in, get it in before the 14th to par five. After that, the last four holes are really tough. But, um, you know, I think someone's going to get to like 10 or 11 under by the end of this round, which is going to knock out a lot of people going into tomorrow. Because I think the conditions are not supposed to be as good tomorrow. But, uh, listen, the Americans, Kevin Kistner, he, this is perfect for him. He puts great. Uh, with how dry the fairways are, it takes a lot of the long hitters, doesn't give them the advantage they usually have. Guys like Kistner and Zach Johnson can, can hit great, uh, can hit short irons into the greens because they're getting great roll. Jordan Spieth, who doesn't drive the ball like, say, for instance, Dustin Johnson or Roy McIlroy, drove the first green and made an eagle. So, uh, conditions are great. I know everyone wants to know about Tiger. He, as a current, I looked last time, he was three off the lead. Again, he, you know, he, he had a tie for one point and then he made a silly bogey on 16. Great par save on 18, but, you know, I think he's going to be five or six strokes back by the end of this round. I, I don't see how he has a chance tomorrow. You know, you brought up a great point too, uh, Randy. The early guys, I mean, Tiger's done. He shot five under today. You had Justin Rose finished. He finished at seven under today. And then, uh, Francesco Molinari, six under today. He was even par. Now he is just two shots off the lead. Uh, Kisner and Zach Johnson are at eight under. Speeth and, uh, what is it, Xander Shuffle? Shoffley. Shoffley. He is at uh, seven under, so they're one back, and then you've got one, two. You got two guys at six under, Malinari and Van Ruken, and then uh, Tiger's there, three back. So, so, so playing right. early so, is playing early tomorrow. I mean, obviously tomorrow you want to be in the last group because that means you're in the in the leading in the lead. But um, you know, where where's that? How's that going to play out tomorrow? Well, you know, Fred, it all depends on the conditions and how they might change because. If the conditions are, are great to start and when the leaders tee off, they're not as, not as great. Yeah. I think, you know, you, you want to, you want to play early. But again, I, I think today because the conditions are right now so good, Kevin Kisner, Zach Johnson are going to get to probably 10 or 11 under par. And, you know, then all you have to do is go out and shoot a 69 tomorrow and you'll probably have a great chance to win. So Tiger or a guy like Justin Rose are going to have to shoot another 64 or 65 to even be in contention tomorrow. You know, the, the one crazy thing about the British Open, uh, I think, 
unlike any other major, is it's really all based on the conditions. Because one day you could hit a seven iron two hundred yards, and next day you can hit you know hit a three three wood and it goes one hundred and thirty yards. It all depends on the wind. But you know, I think so far, and we knew this going in that there hasn't been a ton of rain in that course, and it's played pretty easy for these guys. Maybe one round was a little tougher than the other, but you know, today's been easy for these guys. There's eighteen guys within four shots of the lead. That makes for an interesting golf tournament. Yeah, absolutely. I know you're excited, Murph. Well, what I am excited about is you have not mentioned the uh, station uh, pool that you guys are all in because no one cares <laughs> except <laughs> you guys. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Murph. It's 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 embarrassing. I, I you know I every I, I consider myself you know a golf aficionado, yeah, and I, I do terrible at these things every time. I'm, I'm I'm like in last again. I think so. It's, it's, and I, dr- I drafted for Cap, and I think he's got a chance to win it again. So, no you know, shot. He'll split it with you. No shot. He'll split it with you. There's yeah. no doubt. Yeah, he will. He did yeah. last time. He's there you go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Hey, yeah. great, great job, Randy. Thanks for jumping in. You are an, an expert, and uh, we appreciate you helping out whenever hey. we need you. You're always there. Thank you very much, sir. Anytime for you guys. All right. Thanks, Randy. Randy Merkin, assistant yeah. programmer. See you, Randy. Appreciate it very much. He's great. Well, yeah, except that he's delirious. You guys are both delirious, not wanting to trade bias for DeGrom straight up. I'm sorry. I I, knew he'd say that. (laughs) I don't know. I wonder how other Cub fans would feel. We should have made that the poll now for the last 20 minutes. Cub fans, would you trade Javi Bias for Jacob DeGrom straight up? Give us a call. Light them up like Christmas trees. (laughs) You know... When, when, you, when all five of your pitchers are struggling, it might not be a bad idea to get a Jacob DeGrom. You know, so much so much great stuff on this radio station, ESPN 1000. And who can have the radio on all the time? You. You're the only one. Well, I do. So for everyone else, you know what? You miss a little bit of their... And then you go, oh, I didn't hear that. I missed a lot. Oh, yes. I remember now. Missed it by that much. Let's call Miss a Little, Miss a Lot, Fred. I got some great stuff from ESPN 1000 this week. Okay. That maybe, maybe, you know, for a minute, you're actually at work. Or for a minute, you're actually taking a nap. Right. Or you're out in the backyard doing it. You were busy and you didn't have the radio on. The first thing was the presser. All right? Yep. I hate that word. Because no one knows what a presser is except media people. That means the press conference. Mm-hmm. All right? So a couple days ago, I got ESPN. I'm driving the car, driving over past a little red schoolhouse over there, you know, on Wolf Road near yep. Archer. Yeah, very pleasant. I got the window down. It's a nice day. And the wind's sort of whistle. I got the radio pretty loud. And I thought, this was great. All the media, everyone's there for the uh, press conference with uh, Bears uh, general manager, Ryan uh, Pace, right? Yep. Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy, yeah. meet in the media. Yeah. So... I can't hear the questions. Mm-hmm. I hear the answer. But then when I hear the answer, since I didn't know what the question was, he's saying, well, yeah, you know what? Uh, that's a good question. He's going to, I don't know who he is. Right. So we have a, a little cut. Here's, here's about 15 seconds. But, and it's not just, yes, it's not just this one. It's been going on for like years in Chicago. All right. Tell you what, Eric. Bring the uh, music down there. That's our Miss Little Miss Alive music. Here's the presser. I guess if you turn your device very loudly, real loud, you can hear it. But uh, roll down your window. You'll... Brian, what's the status of what wants Yeah, you know, you guys know there's a lot of details that go, go into those things. Um, 
Yeah, we're optimistic he's here. You guys obviously are starting early, but is there a time where you really feel like it is it needs to be here? No, there's not. There's not a set time. It's, we know it's a process. Yeah. Are you surprised with this? No, Brad, I'm not surprised. No. Hey, we're approaching uh, like Eddie, uh, Eddie Goldman, any other players here hopefully get done what? with extensions. Yeah, yeah, Moon, obviously we're mindful Moon. of the guys in the final year of the contract. We've got a handful of them. Stop um, the tape. I can't take it anymore. You know what? I have to go see Dr. Amenta, my uh, ENT, get my ears unplugged, mm-hmm. I guess. Isn't there a thing called like a uh, microphone they can uh, put the... And again, not the reporter's fault, they're asking. Not Ryan Pace's fault. Oh, boy, I don't want to get us in trouble with any of the PR guys because, oh, boy, we're lucky to get our credentials. I'm going to yank your credential, Murph. If that's your idea of a good time, go ahead and do it. What would... They make All they worry about is is the answers. They're not too concerned about the questions. Yeah, but if you don't know the question and you're listening, you don't know what the answer is, what the, who they're talking about. Right. What do I know? Don't they have like a microphone on a stick, like a selfie stick, a boom? They're just going to boom mic. Right. Can't some intern for the Bears stand there at uh, Bourbon That's unsafe. That's unsafe. <laughs> It'd be easier to just pass a uh, handheld all around. Oh. That's what they do in most press conferences. OSHA says we can't have a boom mic yeah. around here. We're we'll be hitting people in the head. Show you get dirty. Rafa fractures. <laughs> all right, let's take a quick break. Back in a flash, Murph and Fred, some final thoughts. Check out the Cubs uh, lineup if you missed it today. And they can win three out of five, I guess, from the Cardinals. That's what you want to do. I know Cub fans wouldn't like just three out of five. Murph and Fred, ESPN 1000. Stretch, show them the whip, spinning out of the far turn, Murph and Fred, and uh, uh, E11, uh, what was the results again? Javi Baez is untouchable, yes or no, what the fans say? Fans said 75% of the fans says that he is untouchable. Untouchable, and then Fred says? Ah, uh, Jacob DeGrom for uh, <laughs> Baez, straight up. What do you uh, think? Jacob DeGrom's, he's only got a 168 yeah. ERA, the best in baseball He's right the now. best. He's yeah. the best. Let's go to uh, George in Old Town. Hello, George. Hello, fellas. What about uh, Happ and Schwarber for DeGrom? I think that's a fair trade. So you'd rather move Happ and Schwarber instead of Baez? No question about that one. Okay. All right, what about the other, uh, and I'm just a point-counterpoint with you here, and George, what about then the, the uh, four games when DeGrom doesn't pitch and you, you don't have Happer Schwarber in the uh, lineup? you got to replace them also somehow, right? Yeah, but, I mean, you've got you've, you've got alternatives for those guys. You've got plenty of guys that can come up from the uh, you know, AAA. Yeah, okay. Well, Jesse, Jesse wants to bring up Bodie, B-O-T-E. Uh, that's one guy. I don't know that he's Ian Happ. And then uh, you've lost your everyday shortstop. Oh, left fielder, rather, Schwarber. Can you replace all that? You say yes, right? Yeah, you put Bodie at third. You put uh, you put Brian in the outfield. There You're you, all set. There you go. Bodie uh, replaces Schwarber. Yep. And Happ's gone. Love it. Thank you very much. Appreciate Thanks, your You're call. Welcome. You're all welcome, right. guys. Yeah, old see, time. Old time. You bring in, you, you bring in, you have Degrom, and you put Degrom along with Lester and Hendricks. And if Hendricks figures it out, Lester was an all-star pitcher. He had one bad outing in this recent, most recent one, mm-hmm. and so now you've got a uh, three-guy rotation when you get to the postseason of uh, Degrom, Lester, and Hendricks. That's not bad. 
Well, I would think a little more about this. Schwarber, love him. Hap, remember about a week or two ago, Twitter poll, I said, who's got the highest upside yeah. future? Uh, and what, guys like uh, Schwarber and uh, Elmora, Hap, Russell, and uh, the winner, I believe, at least I voted for Hap. Jesse voted for Hap. It's, uh, he's a very interesting, I know you got to give to get. Right. But there's something about this guy, Hap, in part-time play. He's very young. He's got very little, I don't know how many major league at-bats he has. It's certainly less than one year's worth. Mm-hmm. Couldn't have 500 big league at-bats yet, I don't think. He's a hell of a player, but I know you got to give up to get to Grum. You got Schwarber and Hap. It puts a big hole. Oh, Hap's uh, 603. All right. That's about a season. Sorry, Eric. No, you're good. Plate yeah. appearances, 700. Official yeah. at bat, 603. All right. Well, that's a little over one full year, which is, uh, you know, very, very young kid. And uh, he's got terrific talent. He's not striking out as much. He's walking more. He's got speed. And Schwarber, has he plateaued? Has he peaked? Is this the best he's going to be? Still ain't bad. You know, 30 homer a year guy, 80 RBI a year guy. He's no longer the deficiency he was. The liability is a better word he was in left. He'll never be a gold glover, even though uh, I love the time that Yurko asked, Theo, think he'll be a gold glover? And, you know, Yurko wasn't trying to be smart no. pants either. No. no, no. The guy's improved tremendously. For DeGrom, you'd have to consider that. You'd have to consider that. To me, Baez... I can't move him. I cannot move Baez. The one thing you have to remember with Hap, you you may be mistaken. He's got 101 strikeouts. It's 14th worst in oh, baseball. No, I understand, but in only 84 games. Oh, I oh mean, no, no, you're right. But the last six yeah. weeks is what I'm saying. Oh, okay, okay. I can see yeah. he's not striking out anywhere near the ratio proportion that he did. Oh, he's still got terrible numbers. I right. know. Hey, want to thank our guest today, Jesse Rogers. And I uh, also want to thank Aaron Fleming. Check him out over there at uh, the Bears Report Bears. and Windy City Gridiron. Exactly. Thank yep. you, Also, thanks to Eric Ostrowski. I got a day off, but that means that uh, Black and Abdallah have their way with everybody tomorrow from 9 till noon here on ESPN 1000. Uh, who's here Saturday uh, at 9 a.m. next week? Murph and Friends. Yep. We'll be back. Thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. See you later, everybody. <laughs>